Okay, the recording is now supposedly going, so uh, welcome back, guys, to our 18th uh, session of Ophion. Uh, I only kind of have a uh, kind of a warning slash, uh, you know, what, what we'll do if X happens kind of an announcement, and uh, that, uh, that pretty much is uh, if we have the same kind of technical issues uh, that we had last week where, you know, I'm dropping frames and, uh, you know, Twitch just keeps dropping out. Uh, what I'll do is I will um, just kind of stop the Twitch recording and record it locally. And then uh, I'll put a link to the YouTube video, which is hopefully working uh, in the comments or the description of the Twitch video. Um, the only other announcement I have is that we might be taking the week after next off. Uh, but I'll hopefully have some more information surrounding that later. Um, final kind of thing, which the captain will get to in a moment. Um, we are literally starting uh, a few hours after last session ended, uh, just because there were a lot of loose ends that people wanted to wrap up. Um, so unless there's any announcements from anyone else, uh, I think we're ready for the supplemental log. All right. Captain's personal log, supplemental. I may have picked the wrong time to cease taking my phobia medications. To see a nebula transform into a giant dragon that could have annihilated the Ophion in a single moment, or to see a single second if it chose to. Still, I did manage to face it without looking for the nearest escape pod, so I guess those counseling sessions with Jisa must be proven effective. Or perhaps the symbiote's influence on me is more powerful than I had first thought. Either way, I'm in a better now. Ah, either way, I'm better now than I was before. I may have this captain's stuff figured out after all. We have found a nearby Class M planet with no sentient life to orbit, while the crew sorts out what we've just seen. It would appear that this oracle spoke to literally everyone on board simultaneously, with different crew members learning different things, some of which are contradictory to each other. There is an air of confusion which must be sorted out before we can continue onward to our next destination that was indicated on the progenitor star map. Judging from the markings, it is most likely another civilization waiting to be discovered. I hope that they are as amenable to our presence as those we have already met out here. Some shore leave will do the crew some good. I hear the beaches are fantastic. End log. All right. So, uh, as was requested, uh, we will start the session with uh, at least Captain Skull uh, in the duck. And uh, kind of an open question, who else would like to be in the duck with the captain? I'd like to walk in eventually, but I'll let him get settled first, though. Okay. All right. Um, you'll find the captain just at a table, uh, his back's to the starport. Or back to the window, and he's nursing what appears to probably be the third drink, judging from the number of glasses on the table. Small question. Uh, Sent the hail or the real stuff? Uh, at this point, he's probably had two glasses of the real stuff and has switched to synth. Okay. Got to drink responsibly here. You are drinking for two, after all. <laughs> I wish. that damned symbiote takes every ounce of alcohol. You know how much I have to drink to feel buzzed? There wasn't <laughs> enough blood wine on here. <laughs> Just right. sort of lost in contemplation. Uh, then I'll walk in. 
uh, I'll see the captain across the room and then head towards the bar. You know, or say to the barman, uh, two tumblers of Vulcan brandy, please. So uh, I'm going to add a little bit of flavor here. Uh, I don't really have a token for him yet. Uh, but uh, we do have what I'm going to qualify as a Gorn bartender. Because I think Gorn bartender is both hilarious and interesting. Uh, so, uh, the bartender just kind of nods, uh, puts the glass down that he, you know, habitually, that all bartenders kind of clean, and, uh, pours you a, uh, two, set of two drinks. Uh, when he sits the glass down, uh, I'm gonna very casually place, try to put my hand through it to see if it's a hologram or if nope. it's real. it's real. Alright. Uh, I'll pick the drinks up, and I'll walk back over to the captain's table and lay one down in front of him and then sit down across from him. Okay. Ah, Mr. Panek, I had I had known that Vulcans were a little psychically active, but you appear to be in full telepath. Please have a seat. Uh, I'll I'll sit down and I'll uh, I'll raise the glass to him and then take a sip. Two discoveries, both what we have both what we have discovered and what will come next. Uh, indeed, Captain. Uh, so it would seem. That here be dragons. An apt metaphor. Uh, and I had trouble believing Kirk's logs in the academy. You know, Kirk discovered some very, very weird things in his time. Like a society of ancient Romans that had not de- that had developed technologically, but not sociologically. Um ancient Greeks that worshipped gods that turned out to be giant holographic aliens. And I now feel that we can add nebulas transforming into all-powerful dragons into the mix. I can't help but notice that this oracle, however, has left us with more questions than answers. I think based on what I've learned so far from the Q and the Oracle, and all the other captain's logs I've studied. All-powerful beings tend to do that to us lesser 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 scoped people. One thought troubles me, Captain. Uh, Though we've seen evidence that the progenitors sought to rectify the damage caused by their war, we do not know if this conclusion can be made of their adversaries. Uh, that's the that's the unanswered question. I hope that would that will stay unanswered, Mister Panek. What happened to the adversaries, and will they come back? There very very may um, there very may well be a system out there that is harboring some weapon of destruction from this conflict. And considering that we know the Romulan interest in this sector is a known quantity, uh, we will have to be very careful with our investigations of the space. Agreed. Heck, at first I thought I was worried that the Ferengi would be the most disruptive influence out here, but even they appear tame. Another matter, Captain. Uh, I'd like to call to our attention the uh, proclivity towards, uh, I guess the human phrase is picking up strays. I was wondering if someone would br- would bring that up. Yes, um, 
I had oh I had also heard the phrase uh, "traveling circus" around the halls. All right. Um, there's no doubt that our main uh, objective here is to seek new cultures, but uh, are we within our rights to take someone out of, out of of the society they know into the boundless opportunities that traveling and exploring space provides? Well, that's it's different. We're not swooping down, teleporting random individuals and saying that they work for us now. We're not Klingon slaves or slave traders. We're each one that's on board this ship is here because they asked to be here. They wanted to see what our culture was in comparison to their own. And while you are uh, in essence correct, I do not feel that we give enough consideration towards the uh, to, towards what we're doing. We certainly haven't said no to these requests. And can we effectively say that life aboard the Ophion is uh, is a representation of life within the Federation? We are on the bounds of our own space, uh, meeting beings that have existed since the beginning of time. Uh, normal members of Federation worlds do not come upon these things. That is true. In some cases, we are different than uh, any single planet in the Federation. But we are also supposed to be the best rep the best of or the best representation of as many different species uh, that make up the Federation. Last I checked, um, not counting um, Xenixia and the Scorpi, um, we we are rough. We have uh, representatives of uh, twenty-four alien or different species serving on board this vessel. Well, Captain, all I hope is that we consider to uh, next time we consider the consequences and what we're exposing these uh, new races to when we uh, receive a request like this. I shall take your concern under advisement, my friend. I'll raise up my glass to him and take another drink from it. A different question for you, if I may. Proceed. I'm trying to. I've been trying to gauge the motivations of my senior staff so that I can better make decisions, taking their viewpoints in mind. So, if I may ask you, why did you join Starfleet? Well, uh, my father was a diplomatic attaché for the the diplomat diplomatic. Mm. The, the he was to the mm, sorry he was the diplomatic attaché to the ambassador on Vulcan, and uh, he had hoped I would follow in his steps. But I felt that uh, his way of influencing the galaxy was a passive one, and I had hoped to take a more direct uh, method of of my own interactions with the with the cultures and species around us. And uh, are you finding, or is being a more active influence upon the galaxy meeting your uh, desires? Before the Dominion War, my answer would have been very different. Uh, after that conflict, we certainly did leave an impression on the galaxy as a whole. For better or worse? 
it has caused me to, in times, question my own actions and their future reper uh, repercussions. But uh, when we look at all the evidence, I think I think we're doing good. I'd like to believe that as well. We've made more friends in this sector of space than I had imagined. And so far there's no hint of any animosity, either active or passive. And even even with even if the Federation were to not expand into the Sabine expanse, the uh, we've introduced races to the race the existence of races already to one another. Uh, such as the Scorpion and the uh, the Slaw. So, sure, they could further uh, they could further their uh, interactions with each other and lead to their own conglomeration of nearby uh, systems. But mm -hmm. we have also discovered uh, things of great magnitude here that could put, uh, pose potential dangers to this sector. Agreed. At the end of a, we're as soon as we decide to break orbit, we'll be heading to. Um, the next, the next marking on the map, which, if in, with yeah, if the progenitors map indicate, will be yet another, um, probably rescued civilization. Uh, I look forward to seeing them and what they have to offer. As do I, as do I. I'll raise my glass to him again, finish it off, and then say, uh, if you'll excuse me, Captain, I will uh, retire to my quarters for some meditation. Of course. Have a have a good night, Mr. Vulcan. I will see you first thing in Alpha Shift. You as well, Captain. Alright. Uh, I was going to interject there uh, that uh, kind of while you guys were talking about uh, you know, the, the Scorpy and you know, picking up strays, uh, you would have noticed uh, Zenixia and Kyrano kind of in the corner uh, chattering happily and, you know, uh, mingling and socializing and, you know, all, all good things to see. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, did anyone else have anything they wanted to do in the duck? Okay. No, I'm good. Uh, in that case, I will now open the floor to any bits of RP. Uh, so, you know, if you've got any, just, just go ahead and shout. Um, what I talked to you about with Panek and Sona? Uh, yes. Do you want to meet Panek in his office first, or do you want to just call both of them to, say, a science lab? They can both just come to my lab. Okay. Uh, in that case, I will put you on this map. And, uh, give me a moment to put the tokens on here. So, Sona, and then Panek. All right, so, uh, Panek, uh, you and Sona... Uh, receive a summons to Lieutenant Commander Maddox uh, Science Lab. Uh, of course, there are plenty to go around on uh, the ship, so uh, he's kind of co-opted one of the lesser-used ones for his own purposes. And, uh, yeah, Maddox, as they walk in, I'll let you kind of describe uh, what they'll see. Um, as you walk in, you see several holograms set up, or several emitters set up you with a quick glance you would see a lot of stuff that maddox's working on however once it's registered you're in the room all the l cars everything just goes blank 
it's a safety procedure that Manic has because he's working on Daystrom stuff that isn't your classification just yet. Uh, Pinnick will definitely raise one eyebrow at this. Uh, what, I, what can I help you with, Lieutenant Commander? Well, uh, speaking, we're dealing with a lot of uh, progenitors, and we're a lot learning of how a lot of people are coming about the way they are now. Um, back on the Arcadia, we happened upon this, and I'll hand him a uh, I'll hand Pineka data pad, uh, and it okay. has. It has the it has a uh, AI program on it called Sienna. It's the original version of a Maddox Android. Uh, this is an artificial intelligence. Uh, to, are you? Uh, what to what level of is this intelligence? Uh, what is it capable of? Um, compared to Lieutenant Junior Grade Sona here, who is the equivalent of her little sister. Um, I believe Sienna would be a Mark 1. Sona would probably be a Mark 5, if not 6. Um, she's not as capable as Sona. However, she's still able to, if you, with your permission... I haven't activated her yet. I would like to put her through the emitters to where she can interact in my lab and work on stuff whenever I'm not able to or even let her converse with Sona about the differences in their abilities. Let her meet her older sister. Whether or not you had integrated this AI into Ophion systems was my next inquiry, uh, Lieutenant Commander. Uh, I'm recently have had to read uh, Lieutenant Locke the riot act when it comes to his experimentations and noticing your security procedures when I entered. Uh, I hope I do not have to do so for you. I am aware that you uh, work on highly classified uh, experiments for the Daystrom Institute, but this is my ship, Lieutenant Commander, and uh, I will not have you fiddling with it unnecessarily. If anything poses a danger to the ship or its crew, you have my guarantee that I will be brought to yourself and the captain's uh, attention. Um, most of this stuff is just, this is stuff we're doing. Look at the data on it. Make sure our data is right. Uh, I will not ask for you to, uh, to break your... Uh non-disclosure agreements with the Daystrom Institute. However, when your experiments become, become to the, come to the point where they interact with the ship systems, I will expect uh, a report from you. Now, back to the matter at hand. You wish to integrate this AI into the ship's hollow emitters uh, to... You, know, you seem to have uh, uh, said that you wanted them to uh, interact with uh, Lieutenant Junior Grade Sona here. Uh, what do you hope to gain from this? I don't know. Call it a, uh, I'm sure you would just see it as just a human thing, but I mean, in your hand is basically Sona's older sister. 
what you have stated is a lesser um, advanced version of herself. Like, basically, Lieutenant Commander, uh, what do we have to gain from doing this? Why should we use ship resources to do this? So, uh, Sona will actually speak up at this and say, uh, Sir, if it's all the same to you, I am quite interested in meeting what uh, would be described as, I guess, my older sister. Uh, there could be some insights that this uh, entity could offer that I could not. Another yeah. thing is we could probably try to adjust the programming or convert parts of it to make the uh, security holograms maybe a little bit more intelligent as demonstrated by High Long whenever we first arrived. Uh, I'm going to tuck the data pad under my arm and then I'm going to say uh, very well Mr. Maddock but next time you should need to come up with better reasoning for these things. Well, once you integrate the the uh, AI, I will expect a fully detailed report of what happens afterwards. Is that understood? Fully understood. So, uh, small, small sidebar here. Um, it'll take Matic literally all of five minutes to set it up, so he could do it right now with no problem. If it, if it is not... Uh... Uh, if this does not hamper your association with the Daystrom Institute at all, I would like to uh, stay and observe this uh, this attempt. No, it's not an issue. Um, might be a little buggy at first, uh, but I'm sure it'll all work itself out. Um, my lab is sealed from the rest of the ship, so if something does go sideways, it would just affect my lab. It wouldn't affect other systems in the ship. I've taken that precaution. Uh, then I'll I'll hold out a hand, kind of motioning him to proceed. Sona, would you like to help me bring your older sister aboard? Of course, sir. What uh, what can I do? Uh, join me at this console over here. Okay. Sheena walks over to the console and uh, begins helping you uh, set up uh, the connection to Sienna. Um, so uh, because I want you guys to have momentum, uh, go ahead and roll me a fairly standard uh, control plus engineering. Difficulty is only a zero, so this is free momentum for you. Uh, I'm going to be standing right behind him looking at the console that he's using. Okay. I actually don't have an applicable focus. Damn. Hey, two momentum. There you go. All right. So, uh, as I said, it takes maybe five minutes uh, to get everything hooked up. And uh, when you're finished, uh, a being kind of begins to coalesce in the lab and uh, i'll put her token on and then describe what you're seeing so sienna is obviously a 3d avatar 
Um, however, instead of being kind of a solid kind of like, quote unquote, real body, uh, the best descriptor would be to say that she is more Cortana-like uh, in that she is kind of see-through and that her form is defined by kind of flowing streams of data that uh, just kind of glitter and highlight her form. And uh, as Sienna activates and takes a look around, uh, her eyes finally settle on Matic. And she says, Ah, Matic, I see you finally decided to activate me again. Uh, to what do I owe the pleasure this time? Well, you get to uh, join me and High Long on new adventures. And I have a family member for you to meet. And I'll kind of just motion over to Sona. So uh, Sienna raises an eyebrow, which would seem odd because Sona is very... If I had to qualify it, she's very stone-faced most of the time. So Sienna is displaying emotion, which is a big deal. And uh, Sienna says, uh, Ah, yes, uh, Lieutenant Junior Grade Sona. You are, I guess, what would be colloquial called my little sister. And Sona just kind of nods again, very stone-faced, and says, Yes, that would seem to be the case. And then they just sort of stare at each other. And Matic, you would know that they're probably having a sub-vocal conversation at data speeds. Um, but obviously, Panek, you probably don't know why there's just this sort of awkward silence between the two. Well, Mr. Matic, uh, is this what you had hoped would happen? I do not see the the, the outcome you had wished uh, to to see. What? What do you mean? They're communicating right now. Ah, non-verbally. Uh, is the ship recording this this um, interaction? I'm going to go over to the console and try to try to see if there's any 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 recording of this. Uh, there is, uh, but as uh, you walk over and Sienna knows, she says, ah, yes, uh, sorry, uh, and she kind of accesses for a moment, Lieutenant Commander Panek, uh, there is indeed a record of this conversation for you to peruse later if you so wish. Uh, tell me, Miss Sienna, uh, you seem to have accessed the, the ship's databanks in order to, uh, to, to uh, figure out who I was. Uh, I'm going to have to ask you to refrain from uh, accessing too much of that uh, for security purposes. Oh, of course. I I believe the the first few weeks back on the Arcadia when I was first activated were very, shall we say, limited? But I understand the concern. Well, I kind of I kind of lean over to Panek and like the body we tried to give her came from the fifth, which was a race we were somewhat at war with, so we figured the body would go sideways. We didn't really know what she was going to do. And then just kind of stand back up. Does Panek know about the fifth, or is that classified? Uh, I think at Panek's level, you would have at least gotten like the, the elevator pitch of them. Um uh, by this point in the timeline, uh, the Feth have kind of receded to the background. Uh, if I had to qualify it in a kind of a similarity, um, the, you know how the Tholians were kind of very warlike for a little bit, but then they cooled off 
And then there was actually an ambassador on DS9. It's sort of like that, um, except that the Feth are probably a little bit more reclusive. Uh, it heartens me, Commander, uh, Mr. Mack, to see that you have you have some sort of precautionary uh, trait. That is in regards to you not using the, the android body. Um, uh, but I have I have uh, I have duties elsewhere. But I'd like to remind you that this is not the Daystrom Institute, and there are ways of fast and loose research development will not be tolerated here. That's fully understandable, Lieutenant Commander. Very well, then. Uh, and continue on with your experimentation here, but uh, I will take my leave. Uh, quick question: Does Sienna have run of the ship, or does she have to stay in my lab? Uh, most certainly she does not. Uh, you have said that this lab is cordoned off from air systems. Uh, I expect her for the for right now to stay within uh, these. Uh, I will be noticing notifying the Shatsu of this development, and uh, she will monitor our internal systems uh, henceforth for any aberrations, as it were. So Sienna actually kind of laughs at this and says, uh, Mr. Panek, uh, have you ever watched a Space Odyssey? Uh, I do not take your meaning, uh, Miss Sienna. Ah, well, there is a famous story of an AI known as HAL 9000. I think you would find it a interesting insight into why AI like myself are perhaps... Uh, treated with much precaution. And she smiles in a way that Maddox would know is just her way of teasing Panek, but Panek, I don't know if you'd pick up on it. Probably not. <laughs> uh, I, I highly doubt that I need uh, some form of ancient uh, media to, uh, to show me why I need to be precautious of unknown quantities uh, interacting with my ship. Oh, well, it was simply a no. suggestion for, you know, some light watching, should you grow bored with meditation. Uh, yeah. Okay, but for now, uh, you will stay here in Mr. Maddox's lab, and I expect reports from him. But I uh, look forward to seeing what can uh, be brought from your interaction with uh, Lieutenant Sona. Of course, sir. And then I'll uh, turn and leave. All right. So, uh, Maddox, I just have a question for you. Like, would you just leave at this point, leave Sienna on, or would you kind of give her, say, the EMH's ability to turn herself on and off? Um, I'd give her the ability to be able to turn herself on and off. Uh, I'm probably going to be in my lab tinkering on stuff for a little bit. Okay. Unless... So I guess her and Sona can have their nonverbal communication. Yeah, so basically they're going to go in a, in a spot that's kind of, you know, not in your way, and they're going to chat Android to AI, which is not just because I don't want to talk to myself, but I figure um, that sort of conversation is best left up to your imagination. But that's the whole reason I did this. I wanted to hear you talk to yourself. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. That's going to come soon. I, I do have quite a bit of talking to myself uh, coming up. Um, uh, flat flashbacks. 
Okay, uh, so that is that scene. Uh, did anyone else have any uh, scenes that they wanted to take care of? Uh, Mirthrin, Locke, uh, Beckett, any, anything from you guys? No, I need to do more brainstorming. I'm slacking in my RPing. <laughs> okay. Quite close thing I've got is just an aside that'll happen at some point in the future. Okay. Yeah, and I'm good too. I don't really have anything. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. That you know, as usual, I like to leave this open time before we get into the meat of the session, so that we can tie up loose ends, things of that nature. Uh, anyways, uh, so what we'll do then uh, is we will quote unquote skip ahead, and I have to make sure that is the right map. Yes, that is. All right, so uh, you know, uh, time passes. And uh, eventually, you guys will arrive in the brand new system that I will describe to you in a moment. All right. So uh, you eventually arrive on the edge of the 6ZD3 system, uh, as indicated by the progenitor's uh, set of coordinates. Uh, the system contains a single Class M planet, with several moons and two sets of rings, kind of have you see on the screen at the moment. And uh, there is a soul-sized Class A star. And at the moment, you're not picking up uh, any kind of forms of uh, spacecraft in the area. Uh, no, like, ambient warp trails or things of that nature. Um, but if you would like to, say, scan the planet... Uh, that would indeed uh, that would indeed be a uh, a task for Locke. Captain, should I begin? By all means. All right. So I think you pretty much know what you're rolling for at this point, Locke. Uh, but again, for those at home, uh, reason and science, uh, assisted by the ship's sensors plus science. Uh, the difficulty here will be a one. Ooh. All right, starting off with a complication, always a good sign. <laughs> it's a, I just remember, Captain, we hadn't bothered to recalibrate the sensors after um, facing the uh, the Oracle Space Dragon. That may have done a number to our chroniton sensors. I'm detecting a whole bunch of really crazy readings that I'm trying to cut through. Well, please, please collaborate your, or please calibrate your sensors as quickly as you can, Mr. Locke. In the meantime, what have you discovered? Uh, well, I need someone to roll for the ship. Okay, uh, so no momentum. So, Locke, you're picking up that the planet is home to what seems to be two separate species of aliens. And although you'd have to get closer to get more accurate readings, uh, they seem to each take up a, a hemisphere of the planet with uh, sort of like a neutral zone in between. Um, two different like continents, like kind of North America, um, South, um, yeah, North South America slash Eurasia. Um, sort of, yeah. It's almost, it's not just confined to one continent though. It's it's almost like someone took the equator of the planet, uh, made it a DMZ, and then just wrapped the entire planet in that. So the north is home to one species, and the south is to another. I'm detecting um, multiple different forms of life. There does seem to be two very distinct um, 
sent like advanced life forms. One's conformed to the north and one's conformed to the south. And they're separated by some sort of um, space Mason-Dixon line. That's pe that's peculiar. What do we know about their general levels of technology? I'm very little at this point. Um, but I have to get a little bit closer to scan a bit more. Uh, very well. Any uh, any uh, satellites or anything in orbit? Detecting anything? Uh, there does appear to be a satellite uh, array abo uh, above the southern bit of the planet, but there are none in the northern. Any signs of uh, advanced technology like warp travel type things? Uh, no, definitely not. Very well. Let's put us in a polar orbit outside the, or in the blind spot of that southern sensor array. And once we're in position, let's start a more thorough scan of the planet. Okay. Uh, so how do I want which, to handle this? Uh, which pole? The southern pole or the south uh, or the northern? Uh, northern pole. So southern has their array. Let's go hide in the north. That's what I was thinking the same. Okay. Um, if someone wants to roll for Sona here. Um, this would be a, we'll call it a control plus con. Uh, the difficulty here will be a one. I can roll Sona. Okay. Control plus con. Uh, she has focused. All right, so you get a momentum. So, Yay. sure enough, uh, you do indeed park the Ophion above the northern pole, and it doesn't seem like uh, you've been picked up. Uh, it, you seem to have uh, kind of stealthed your way uh, above the northern pole. Uh, however, now that you are closer, uh, you can indeed perform another sensor scan. Uh, again, this is mostly for momentum purposes, um, if you so wish to get a... a better idea of the species on the planet by all means just finishing up my class um type 3 diagnostic level 3 diagnostic and there we go i'm getting the scan sensor sweep hopefully that should clear up the interference from the space dragon uh next time mr Locke, i expect such things to be picked up in our routine diagnostics after every shift change Yes, I had run a level, a couple level fives, which apparently did not notice the uh, disturbance from the trionic radiation. Uh, I will make note of this to Lieutenant Shatsu, and I'll try and look at her. Bump the routine diagnostics up to level three. More moment, more momentum. Nice. I think you guys are capped momentum, yeah. Yeah, that's that's three. Yeah. So, all right, I don't need to do any more momentum rolls for a while. All right, so uh, Locke, uh, what you find is that the northern species uh, is a sort of avian type uh, species. Uh, I'm just going to preemptively put uh, a token on here, which will become apparent uh, shortly. Um, so this avian species is very tall and slender and has a double set of arms so there's four arms in total um and they're also digigrade so they kind of have those uh interesting kind of uh way of walking uh, almost as if they were always on high heels uh, they're like on the uh the tip of their toes walking around 
When you say forearms, you mean like two like wings in the back and then manipulative arms or like actual forearms? Uh, actual arms. So uh, kind of, um, oh, what's, what's the Greek uh, monster that has six arms? I'm drawing a blank. Um, but yeah, they're, they're basically stacked one beneath the other. Um, so that's Goron. the northern species. Uh, the southern species is insectoid and kind of looks like this. Um, they are um, a little bit more, I guess you would say, humanoid than... Man, I don't know if humanoid's the right word. They're not as insectoid as the Scorpio are. So they obviously do have uh, insect trappings like chitin and spindly arms and legs. Um, but they do seem to have two legs, two arms, uh, no sets of wings, things of that nature. And uh, I'm going to give you a free question here. Uh, what would you like to know about either or both? I'd like to get the, the level of technology for both. Okay. Uh, so the northern is, uh, how do I want to say this? To put it in blunt terms, the northern have basically crude oil power, while the southern, the, the insects, uh, seem to have fission technology. So similar to what we have in current day, uh, here on Earth. Uh, we don't quite have fusion yet. We're still working on it, but we have fission down pretty good. Captain, I'd estimate that the two species are at least um, 100, 150 years apart technologically, with the Southern being roughly equivalent to the late 20th century Earth, early 19th century Bolius. Very interesting. Um, then, uh... Is there... An unusual disparity between uh, the two species on one one planet. Agreed. I'm usually own. I'm not aware of any instance where more than one dominant species evolves on a world where there hasn't been uh, outside help. Well, there was the the Zindi did have five species, very distinct, and I believe the Rigelians had at least two. I've heard rumors that the Orions had multiple, but it's hard to get accurate information about the Orions. My understanding was that the it was discovered in later years that the Zindi were a, a, were forcibly evolved by those sphere builders. Uh, Pinex going to clear his throat and say, gentlemen, uh, the matter at hand. Mr. Locke, uh, are you able to detect any uh, sign of technology uh like the ones we found in other ruins throughout the sector? Yeah, it's, I definitely want to scan for more um, progenitor technology. Uh, I'll let you ask that question for a momentum. Sounds fair. Fine by me. All right. Momentum. So you are going to pick up two things. The first is that there is indeed a... I guess you would call it a lingering signature to the Southern's uh, technology. Um, obviously, it's not as advanced as the progenitors, but there's certain material trappings and certain uh, 
sort of signatures to the energy production that would seem to indicate that the southern species at least i wouldn't say i guess the word would be cannibalized maybe uh cannibalized the uh quote-unquote progenitors technology and did the basically did the best they could to to work with it without like a full understanding um you're also going to pick up uh, a signal coming from the DMZ area uh, between, obviously, both sides. Um, this signal, though, is very faint, and it's not translating through the universal translator. So it's it's again sort of a a faint a faint uh, call out into the void that is using the progenitor's glyph system. Uh, perhaps we should, um, seek the assistance of, uh, Specialist Anixia. Agreed. Um, uh, summon her to the bridge, please. Very well, Captain. Bridge to Specialist Anixia. Please report it once. So, uh, Zenixia literally steps off the, uh, the turbo lift not five seconds after you say that and say, I, I thought you might need me. I, I sensed that you might. Uh, Indeed. And I'll raise an eyebrow at this and uh, I'll motion her over to Locke's console. Uh, we would, would we would like to see if you could assist in translating the progenitor glyphs we've uh, received in a signal from the uh, planet below. Of course, of course. Uh, so she slithers on over, uh, takes a look over Locke's uh, shoulder and says, Well, um, my best guess is that that is an SOS signal. Is there a timestamp at all? Is like a, an ancient SOS or a modern one? That's that I don't know. I I just know that that glyph there, and she points out a specific one. Uh, that one would indicate distress. Very well. Uh, is there any life signs, or what does the uh, structure and surrounding life signs look like? Uh, would you put it up on screen? Uh, yes, I would. Okay. Uh, so what you'll see is that it is a jungle-coated area, and there is a, I guess you would call it an artificial clearing, uh, because in this clearing is the crashed remnants of what looks to be a ship, uh, maybe about the size of a, uh, a Type 11 shuttle, uh, maybe a little bit bigger, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit bigger than a runabout would be a better descriptor. Um, and there's just pieces of metal everywhere and there's scorch marks. Um, but the key thing to, to realize though, is that even though this is a crash site, it looks like nature has, uh, already begun encroaching or has encroached in the past, uh, onto this, this site. So there's all sorts of vines and greenery kind of overlaid on the bits of metal and the bits of the ship pieces and if you had to guess because obviously you don't know how fast plants grow here uh this has probably been here for maybe about 10 years maybe hmm. so that this might be the most if this is a progenitor ship then it is the most recent one we've 
or most recent example of their technology we may have come across. Or um, could it just be very old and crashed recently? Also a possibility. Um, given that there's no immediate sign of uh, life encroaching it on either side, um, I'm Alaska, Mr. Pinnock. Mr. Pinnock, please um, take down a salvage team. I'm very curious to learn what we can about it uh, without spooking the natives. Uh, very well, Captain, but may I have an aside? My ready room? Uh, yes, please. All right. Let me, uh, let me push you over to the ready room. Ready room. And it would help if I went with you. Or, right. you know, it does help. All right, so Mirthrin and Shatsu aren't there. Where did I put Panex token? There's Panex token. There you go. Yes, uh, yes, Lieutenant Commander. Uh, as I will be on the surface of the planet, I will not be here to facilitate my my role as your advisor. So, uh, though it's within your authority to interpret the prime directive. I would have to say I do not believe we have sufficient cause in this situation to breach it. And if we were to, if a contact were to happen with the either species, uh, I believe it should be as avoided as possible. So uh, I will be taking down a, a smaller team than usual. Uh, Agreed. We'll attempt to not come into contact with the inhabitants. Agreed. If there are, if you sense that you are being observed in any way, get get out. And if we can't salvage the technology, I would ask you to sabotage it so that it does not negatively impact either side here. Then I will requisition the appropriate materials for such a cause. Not to worry, we intend, we intend to observe passively while we're in orbit. Very well, Captain, but should, it, should the worst happen, I, I trust that you will do what is necessary. Absolutely. The safety of my crew comes first, and after that, we will. I will ensure that the Prime Directive is being followed to the letter in this instance. Very well, Captain. That is, uh, you have waylaid some of my uh, concerns. No, not to worry. I, as influential as he may have been, I have no intention of taking after Kirk. Uh, and I would hope not. Uh, and then I'll, I'll leave and go assemble my uh, my, my salvage team. Okay. Uh, as I put you onto the bridge, just so there's a there's a map for you guys to stare at while I get everybody on there. I can imagine just every now and then a Vulcan somewhere shakes his fist and goes, "Damn you, Kirk!" <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I have obviously two very important questions for you. Um, first is, are you going to transport down, or are you going to take a shuttle? Uh, shuttle might be observed, so yes. I think we would transport down, um, if it's possible, within our, our hiding point. Um, maybe take some pattern enhancers so we can start transporting salvage up if we need to. That's right. a good idea. Um, let me check my notes. Uh, the difficulty to beam down, uh, would be a three, simply because, um... It would, uh, how do I want to say this? Um, oh, well, the book tells me. Um, because the destination is not a transporter pad, the difficulty does go up by one. So it starts as a two, but it goes up to three because you're obviously not beaming to a transporter pad. 
Well, right. we got the momentum, but coming, uh, beaming back might just be as difficult. Um, yes, it will also be a three. Unless you take pattern enhancers, which would reduce it by one. Yeah, we're going to take them, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll look I at the cost. I also wanted an engineer to come along, so maybe uh, Merthrin or Prague. Oh, yeah. Uh, Merthrin will be coming along. Okay. Uh, uh, me... Apart from anything security. else, you probably need him to dismantle stuff. Let's, let's see. Panek. All right, I've got Panek. I've got Merthrin. Uh, who else is coming along? Uh, maybe Matic. Okay. And, uh... Probably Zenixia? Well, that's like three engineers. Yeah, good point. Although she... Well, that, that she might, does make uh, sense there might be glyphs. Zenixia might be better than uh, Matic, just because she can translate. No, uh, or or, or uh, Merthen, one or the other. Well, I mean, if at the current things, if you take uh, Zenixia, someone can play as Zenixia. So that's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So me, uh, Mirthrin, or uh, Mirthrin and or Zenixia. Okay. And uh, then Matic as maybe well. Matic and maybe Quackenbush. Quackenbush. Okay. Uh, does that give everybody a character? Uh, Beckett, uh, would you like to play Zenixia or would you like to take a uh, a supporting character? Uh, I'll take. I'll I'll do Zenixia. Okay. Cool. She's uh she's real easy to play, but feel free to add your own flavor to the character. Um. Okay. Uh, I think that's everyone on the map. Who am I missing? Um, oh, I'm missing the captain. Um. Yeah, captain's fine. I can I can sit this one out. I've played a I've RP'd a heck of a lot the last few games. Ma- so I Max can do it. Uh, Matic is coming. Um. Oh, uh, Mirthrin can't do Quackenbush in himself unless you feel like ah. talking to yourself, Bishop. <laughs> oh, uh, then of... maybe take Shatsu. Uh, well, I can play Shatsu since I've done before. Okay, yeah, let's let's take Shatsu. So you have uh, three engineers, two security personnel, and Panek. I think that's a well-rounded team. I mean, if, if I did play both, I could then establish that Mirthrin's one of the only people who pronounces his name right. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I butcher every name, as we well know. Uh, anyway, as as the away team goes down to assemble in the transporter pad, uh, Skull's going to order Locke to try to establish a link in into both of the civilization's uh, communications. I'm already uh, halfway there, sir. <laughs> Yep. Um, advise him that this is not the time for an ask me anything, but please alert me if you notice any mention that us or the starship down there has been discovered. I also um, go to Panek and pass him along something. Uh, here you go, Commander. It is um, a modification of the stealth suit. It's actually kind of a portable holographic disguise. I'm in the process of uploading it remotely with the uh, the both the, the visuals of both cultures down there, and I'll see if I can forge you language um, by the Universal Translator shortly. So if you do get dis- discovered, you might be able to disguise yourself as one of the uh, one of the inhabitants shortly, temporarily. I imagine ten minutes, fifty minutes of power at most before it shuts down. Hope, uh, hopefully, such an occurrence will not happen, but. Uh... 
This is uh, quite quite a piece of ingenuity to have had locked. Uh, I will be making mention of this in your record. And I'll take it from him and get back on the pad. Okay. Uh, so let's figure out uh, first what you're taking down opportunity cost-wise, then we'll do the roll, and then we'll go from there. Um, I imagine so, the holographic disguise would be an opportunity one. Yeah, uh, exactly. So if you guys want to take the holographic uh, technologies with you, uh, that'll be one momentum. Uh, if you want to take pattern uh, pattern enhancers, that's another momentum. And then, uh, did anyone have anything else they wanted to bring? I mean, I think I, we're going to be apart from that, just basic, uh, whatever the basic kit for salvaging crashed spaceships is. Well, we would all have engineering kits, but I was wondering if we should also take a medical kit in case we find bodies or something. We could take samples, or we could, yeah, or if like something happens to one of us, um, and standard you know, we phasers and tricorders as well. Right, right. Yeah. Imagine if you find bodies, you'd want to beam them up. You don't want to leave those behind. I mean, if this ship's been here for ten years, there's a possibility that it's already been found and and uh, salvaged from uh, from what the southern species. Wait, is it on the southern hemisphere or northern hemisphere? Uh, southern is the more advanced. Um, okay. Oh, you mean the the crash site? No, it is smack dab in the middle of the DMZ, so right on the equator. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, given the extreme separation between the two cultures and seemingly self-imposed, uh, I can entirely believe that this thing crashed here ten years ago and no one's been any the wiser since. So are you taking I mean, a med kit or not? Uh, yeah, Mithrin will bring one along. All right, so if I have my opportunity costs added up properly, I believe that's going to be three momentum for you guys to take all that. Yep. Um, so then well, the I've... next thing uh, is obviously you need to make the beam down task. Um, so the actual task of beaming down is a control plus engineering. Uh, assisted by the ship's sensors plus engineering. And again, that is at a difficulty three. I can roll ship. Okay. Hmm. I wonder which person would be best suited to it. I mean, one of one of you many engineers could do it and then just kind of hop onto the pad, no problem. Uh-oh. <laughs> hmm. The game is that fun. <laughs> well, Mithrin's the engineer. He'll probably do the beam down then. Okay. I, I can't help but notice that I said that the cat and I would be taking down a smaller team. I think this is probably the biggest one that we've taken down. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matic will pipe up and say, well, this ship is only a little bit smaller than a runabout. Why don't we take a couple of our shuttles out of the shuttle bay and just beam it on board? I mean... We have I've no idea what state. I've never actually tried to beam an entire shuttle using the transporters, and yeah, I, I feel there are many ways that could go wrong. We are also unaware of the energy source that is used by this craft and what state it could possibly be in. A first-hand evaluation of such things is the standard protocol. All right, just thought I'd ask. All right. Okay, I'm gonna do the thing, and I'm go. Okay, if I spend a momentum to get 
uh, guaranteed two successes? Given that, given what I rolled, I would go yes. Alrighty. You mean, uh, do you want to spend determination for the two successes, or do you want the momentum for one additional die? All oh, right, that's right. That works differently. Yeah. All right, yeah. So momentum for an additional die. Okay, right. just making sure. Yeah, I forgot that was determination, not momentum. That's okay. Let's see, no really applicable focuses, so here we go. Hey, would you look at that? Oh, look at that. All right. Nice. Uh, I'm going to take threat for the Ophion's complication. Um, so yeah, uh, Mirthrin, you set up a uh, auto-beam sequence, and then you kind of scamper back over the pad, and you guys beam on down, and I can put you on this map. Uh, you guys are, I'm going to zoom out here in a second for the, uh, the stream, but you guys are to the south. Yeah, zoom out a little bit here. Um, and I think that's everything. I want to go ahead and scan for life signs, see if we're, if there's anything else around. Okay. Uh, that would be a reason plus science. I believe. Uh, difficulty here would be a... We'll call it a two. I'm going to have the uh, security personnel do a standard perimeter. Okay. I guess I'll, I can play Quake and Bush. Yeah, uh, yeah so Matic, you, uh, you, you know, as the security personnel begin to fan out and uh, take stock of the area, you, of course, run a, a life science scan and yeah, it's it's either just that there's so much life in the jungle that you're not being able to pick up anything uh, concrete, or maybe your tricorder just isn't working properly. Could be either. Um, but to kind of describe uh, this map once again, now that you're actually here, so there are kind of, uh, there is a depression uh, in here in the, uh, you know, kind of charred area. Uh, as, I don't know if you can see it on this map, uh, but there are supposed to be these kind of vine coverings that are, you know, slowly creeping into the uh, depression. Um, if I had uh, to qualify... Kind of, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I can kind of see them. Okay, yeah. Um, if I had to qualify the distance, say, between Shatsu and this square... Um, the distance jump down is about 10 feet. So 10 feet, 3 meters, whichever one you'd prefer to go by. Um, so it's, you know, it's a sizable jump down, but uh, gravity seems to be near Earth normal. So uh, might not be a problem for Shatsu, but other people might. Um, let's see what else do I need to describe on this map. Ah, yes. Yeah, so in the middle... Uh, in the middle of this charred area where you see the kind of pod-like structure, uh, you do indeed see a jet black pod that is approximately 2.5 meters long, uh, about a meter across, and a cl probably close to about a meter in depth. And I'll say that this was part of Maddox's scan. Um that Matic would have picked up that this pod has an active power source and is probably what is transmitting the signal. 
Uh, I'm yeah. going to slide down to it and begin scanning for uh, any security systems or or defensive uh, emplacements on it. Okay. Um, let's do a uh, reason plus security for this one. Uh, difficulty two. Maybe insight plus security would be better, but security either way, since you're looking for, you know. Ow. Yeah, uh, if there are any, uh, you're not picking them up. Uh, so, again, there's either not any or they're really well hidden. I'm going to motion the uh, salvage team forward. Okay. Um, Do we see this, like, actual square or... Oh, you mean the, the white thing? Nah, you don't see that. Okay. I didn't know if that was a trap. Pay um, more attention to the module behind the screen. Yeah, I was going to say, if if I was using the original D&D purpose, yeah, that was probably a trap, but it's it's not here. Yeah, it looks like a dragon or something got exploded. <laughs> it's, it's honestly not a bad guess. Uh, what can you uh, tell me about this active power source, Mr. Medic? Uh, is, does it have any uh, signature, um, like the ones we found at the Ring World? I mean, it's so far it seems similar to uh, the progenit. I can never say that fucking progenitor. word. Progenitors. It seems similar to the progenitors. It's given off their... Uh, life, maybe not their life, their signal. Um, I'm sure if we shut off that signal, that it shuts off the uh, SOS. The only thing I would say is we probably don't want to shut it off because there's a chance that one of these two species are. Look, are gonna notice that? Hey, this signal, this signal suddenly went out. Uh, Maybe they'll think the other one's starting an invasion. An astute suspicion, Mister Manic. So, uh, proceed with caution, but uh, I do not want to stay here for very long. Uh, but you may proceed with your salvage attempts, and then I'm gonna go join the uh, perimeter um, patrol. Okay. Uh, Mirthra will step up and start scanning the pod getting the layout. Okay, how far are you going to step up, just out of curiosity? Okay. Uh, would Zenixia join him? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll move up with... I'll stay with um, Mirthrin. Okay. Uh, Matic, of course, you can move up as well. Um, so, Mirthrin, uh, I'd like you to roll me a... We'll say an insight plus medicine here. Because I've forgotten my handy chart of what the dev said uh, telepathy and empathy should be. So if you have another argument for telepathy or empathy, go for it. But otherwise, let's do an insight plus medicine. Well, I do have a focus on psychic phenomena, so that's useful. Mm -hmm. Okay. How tall is the Nixia? Uh, Zenixia is about 5'5". Five, five. Oh, okay. Yeah, she, uh, she's actually kind of tiny compared to some of, some people. Um, 
But let's see. Uh, Mirthrin. All of them Sailor Moon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with, uh, with the one success, um, it's hard to tell because obviously you're sensing everybody else's on the away team's emotions, but you guess there might be some sort of active presence within the pod? But it's a guess. It's only a guess. It's like a very faint feeling. Yeah. Uh, almost if someone like across the room was like whispering to the back of your mind. Yeah, so this one sort of like frowns, looks at it and like starts looking for something that looks like it might be an opening hatch. Okay. So the pot itself is a solid black, I guess matte would be a good descriptor, like a black, sol a black solid color throughout. And all of the surface is smooth. You're not seeing any depressions. You're not seeing any angles or control pads. It's just smooth pod. Well, uh, dismantling it isn't really going to be a pro uh, going to be an issue. Uh, I guess we set up the pattern enhancers and try and transport the entire thing. Okay. Uh, so as you, well, I actually, actually, port board order. As an engineer, would I know if it's even advisable to transport something this large in one go? Um, with pattern enhancers, it's not a big deal. Um, but you might want to do an extra scan of your own just to make sure you're not, say, beaming a tri-cobalt device straight into the captain's ready room. <laughs> yeah. So, Merton goes, all right, we should be able to, given how small it is, we should be able to use cargo transporters to get this straight into the cargo bay, but uh, if you don't mind, I'm just going to do a deeper scan to make sure there's nothing untoward about it. Um... Yeah, I'll help you with that. Uh... Okay. Uh, so, uh, Matic will say you're assisting here. Uh, both you and Mirthrin, uh, if you could both roll me a reason plus engineering, uh, the difficulty here would be a two. I'm hoping alien technology applies as a focus. For you, yes. Alright, so one assistance from Matic. Hey, you guys get a momentum. Look at that. Yeehaw. So, Mirthrin and Matic, as you do a, or at least try to uh, do a deeper scan of the pod, uh, right above the surface, kind of angled towards you, a holographic set of symbols uh, more or less coalesces uh, before you. And. The symbology is, of course, uh, the progenitor's glyphs, but you now seem to have activated a, some sort of an interface. Computer translate? Uh, the computer, your tricorders aren't doing anything, and if the interface was voice activated, it also doesn't seem to be doing anything. Yeah, well, it's worth uh, a shot. Yeah, can you read this? I can give it a shot. Right. Uh, so, Xenixia, when you uh, move over to take a look uh, at the symbology, uh, if you could roll me a, we'll say a reason plus science for Xenixia, uh, the difficulty here would be a three, though. Um, reason science... 
uh, archaeo technology for a focus. Mm-hmm. That would definitely apply. And you said difficulty three? Difficulty three. So you might want to take a momentum. All right, let's try this again. Yeah, I'll, I'll use a momentum. Very nice. Oh, wow. You got momentum right back. Uh, so, yeah, actually, Xenixia, you have had enough experience with the language to more or less translate what you're seeing. Um, this is indeed a stasis pod, and there does appear to be a... a, a um, what is, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, An occupant inside uh, that is, of course, in stasis. Um, but the pod is reporting that uh, besides the fact that it's been crashed and transmitting a distress signal, uh, everything's fine. Uh, this person or thing inside the, the pod could conceivably stay in stasis for another 50 years if you left it here. Um, commanders, uh, this appears to be a stasis pod. Um and it is occupied. Um, also, the stasis pod looks like it's performing perfectly well and probably could for really who knows how long. Maddox conveniently opened a channel and let Panek hear all of this as well. Okay. Uh, I see. Uh, I'm on my way. Yeah, Quaking Bush is going to head in too. Okay. Uh,. As the three of you move in, uh, I would like an insight plus security from Shatsu, Quakenbush, and Panek. Uh, the difficulty here would be a two across the board. Womp womp. Alright, so Panek will get a success. Shatsu will not. Don't have a good focus here. And Quackenbush will know. So, uh, backing up Quackenbush and Panek a little bit. So, maybe about here for Quackenbush and here for Panek. Uh, you two both hear rustling nearby or the indication that something is nearby. And at the same time, uh, two of the bird-like entities or species... Uh, kind of reveal themselves and fire off a shot in your direction. Uh, obviously, they both miss, which is the good thing. Um, but right as Shatsu arrives with the rest of the group, uh, another three of the bird-like creatures reveal themselves. Uh, I think that's all of them. Did I get all of them? Yeah, I got all of them. Um, so yeah, uh, you have everybody has at least one quick action. Uh, before this breaks out into, say, actual combat. Um, my, I guess my action would be to alert the ship that we're under attack. Okay. Connect to Ophion. Skull here, go ahead. Uh, we've received fire from the inhabitants of the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, and I'd imagine about halfway uh, through that sentence you hear the crack of the weapon fire in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very well. Um, are you prepared to be mount? Uh, I've not ascertained the the the, uh, the the situation at the pod as of yet. Uh, Panectomatic. Uh, 
We're received. We're under fire. Can you are uh, can you beam the pod out? Uh, probably help if we had the pattern answer set up, but well, I suggest you do well, so. No, no time like the present. Mushroom calls and like takes one out and tosses it to him as he ducks okay. another piece of fire. I'd assume. Right. Um, Matic will try to figure out which one to shoot at. Well, Maddox okay. will shoot at the one just above Quackenbush. Okay. Uh, so just to kind of make sure that we're not uh, overloading the initiative here. So, um, uh, Maddox, if you want to roll me for your attack, obviously uh, control plus security, difficulty two. Um, um, I'm guessing you're keeping it on stun. Yeah. It's always good to check. Um, so as you roll that, uh, I will say that setting up the pattern enhancers is going to take um, at least three separate actions from people. So it will take someone's full action to plant down a pattern enhancer and get it set up. Xenixia uh, okay. will definitely be one of those people. Okay. Yeah. As, uh, as she has no ranged weapons. I, I don't think we gave her one, unfortunately. All right. Um. So yeah, you will. I mean, indeed... his staff is so nice. <laughs> uh, Matic, you will indeed hit the militant above Quackenbush. So yeah, if you want to roll me your damage. Okay. Uh. So you uh, fire out with your phaser type two. I yeah. Think. Um. Should I spin that? Should I spin that portal momentum to re-roll those zeros? Try to get this guy out of the fight? I think we might want to save them for the beam out. Alright. I think our beam out is um difficulty two, right? If you're within the pattern enhancers, yes. Basically, if you're within that white dotted square once the pattern enhancers are up, it'll go down to difficulty two. Alright, so make sure we're in this guy in that square when we want to beam out, guys. Yeah, right. Uh, it'll basically beam everyone out, and then the last person will grab all three pattern enhancers and fold them up as if they get beamed out. I I figured that the pattern enhancers could just be rigged to self destruct once their use is done. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where the literature seems to indicate that uh, there is a limited number of uses that they can have. So I would just say that after you beam out, they would be inert and more or less completely useless. And it's mostly just the get detonating them to like, oh, here's this uh, metallurgy that we've never encountered before. Yeah. We can't be the first ship ever to run across such a dilemma. Yeah. Hmm, we shall call this tripletanium. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we are actually now going to engage in initiative order. So up first is the players. So which one of you wants to go first? I can go. Okay. Um, I'm probably not going to get his accent the way that um, Bishop wants, but tally-ho, gentlemen. Yeah, Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart, essentially. <laughs> tally-ho, gents. Let's give these creatures a what for. <laughs> and, I'm, and I will fire my weapon. Uh, fire my weapon at the same one that Maddox struck. Okay. Five times rapid, maybe. Yeah. And I've just realized I didn't give you guys this handout, so let me quickly upload that. Uh, where did I put it? 
Did I put it there? No, of course it's in this folder. Actually, five, five shots in rapid succession from a phaser would probably mess you up quite badly. Probably. <laughs> ah, weapons aren't on the sheet. All players. You're ready to be five bullets will also mess there you up. All right, you guys should now have okay. a, uh, a handy, uh, well, handout that uh, <laughs> describes all of your combat momentum spends. Cool. Um, um, yes. Are they using projectile, energy, a bow? What are they using? Oh, uh, sorry, I probably should have been more clear when I had them attack you. So they are using what would be the equivalent of uh, an M1 Grand. So definitely projectile weapon, uh, definitely rifle looking. Um, you don't know per se what the actual projectile is, whether it's metal or bone or things of that nature. But given the fact that uh, it's a very loud gun, you probably could assume the worst. Okay. Uh, so ranged is control plus security? Correct. Apparently Quake and Bush is meant for physical combat. Duly noted for future. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. In his backstory, he once held off a Cardassian squad with nothing but an ornamental saber and a bastard turned into a makeshift shield. <laughs> I want to hear that backstory later. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, you do get the two successes you need, so go ahead and roll damage. All right, and that uh, I don't have the weapon listed on the sheet. That is, it's three plus your security. Okay, so eight challenge die. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you uh, you definitely strike this uh, this bird like creature square between the eyes, and it falls over, uh, stunned. Uh, but next Alrighty. up is uh, the uh, the bird creatures. Actually, oh. um, Shatsu has quick to action. During the first round of any combat, you and your allies may ignore the normal cost to retain the initiative. There you go. So who's going next for the players? Right. Uh, well, I'll, 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 or Mirthrin. Yeah, I, I wanted to have Mirthrin set down the first pattern and answer. Okay. Probably the priority, yeah. All right, so that'll so take your entire turn. And uh, I'll just... Uh, how do I want to do this? I'll draw a very quick shape on the map. There you go. There's your pattern and answer. How many do we need to set up? We only need to set up three or... Three. Three. Okay. Uh, it's still Eric Kern. Uh, well, that was Mirthman's full turn. So now it is the uh, the bird people's turn. Um, so the one to the southwest is going to, uh, take aim for its minor action and fire at Shatsu. So survey says, doesn't even need to re-roll. Nice. All right. How much challenge die? That's a decent amount of challenge die. Uh, so Shatsu, uh, a bullet, a, uh... We'll say a lead bullet for flavor. Uh, impact Shatsu's uh, left shoulder, and wow. it, yeah, it <laughs> it hurts like hell. But uh, it's definitely not a uh, in in like a severe injury by any means. You are you are definitely still in the fight. Um, but yeah, uh, next up is the players again. So who would like to go next? Shatsu would like to shoot him in the face now. <laughs> I, that's understandable. 
control security. Almost certainly has a focus. How does uh, my movement work again? Like, uh, how many spaces? Oh, uh, before Shatsu to fire, she used her minor action to you add the vicious quality through the phaser's charge feature. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, if I, if I answer... remember correctly, um, movement hap it's like it's not spaces so much as it's just broad zones. Yeah. So the if you want to go by the grid, um, I think my where are my notes. Uh, I said <laughs> thirty feet is a zone. But yeah, uh, Chatsu, yeah, you you get a momentum from that hit and go ahead and roll some damage. Yeah. Uh, would you like to describe how viciously uh, Shatsu nails this guy? Uh, I think she just hits him right between the eyes with the phaser. Okay. Just, it's on stun, so he doesn't die, but he just, yeah. Uh, does the flip backwards. I'm he going drops. to say not only does he do a, a flip backwards, but he lets out this kind of pathetic squawk uh, yeah. as some feathers uh, kind of peel off of him. I mean, he's not dead. He's stunned, but you not only did, you know, the magic five number, but you burned through all of his stress. So that's two which, injuries. Which uh, mean where's 13 the, damage, effectively. Where's the um, quick action modifiers for the phasers? Uh, that is on page 193. Thank you. Alright, so that is Shatsu. Uh, then we have uh, another player's turn. So Zenixia, Matic, Panek? Yeah, I'll go. Um, okay. Um, Zenixia will move to this end. Okay. And set up the pattern enhancer right here next to Quackenbush. Okay. Done. All right. Uh, next up, we have uh, the lovely bird people again. And uh, this one up here to the north-northwest is going to see Matic as a potential target. And will, of course, aim and fire. Okay, that, that means I get some... All right, cool. Uh, so this many challenge die. Oh, boy. So let's walk through it. So Matic... The bird person, I'm just going to call them Aura, because it's easier for me to just tell you their species name by now. So the Aura in question is going to get a rather, I wouldn't say deadly shot, but a rather injuring shot to your gut. And uh, the bullet, you feel the bullet kind of tear through your abdomen and, uh, you know, pass through completely, but... Uh, unless you spend uh, two momentum or one determination or take a complication, uh, you would be injured and thus out of combat. At least I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Sounds about right. Everyone go with me spending the two momentum? Sure. Yeah. All right. So you will be taking uh, seven stress worth of damage, though. So yeah, Matic, you uh you fight through the pain and uh you uh you don't quite like hold a a hand to your abdomen, but your basic knowledge of emergency medicine cuz you're focused in that. Yeah. I think 
uh, background in it, yeah. Okay, yeah. Then uh, you know that you're not in any real danger of bleeding out, but you definitely should get to sickbay as soon as possible. And uh, up next, we have the players again. Uh, I'm going to um, make my way over to this uh, little bluff here. Okay. As cover, and then shoot at the um, at this militant across from me. This guy over here. Okay. I'm gonna use my prepare minor address. Can I use prepare if I've moved? Uh, I I don't think so. No, the right. uh, minor action would be your move. Right then, I'm just gonna shoot the guy. Okay. Uh, what do I roll again? Uh, control plus security. Uh, I guess team dynamic doesn't factor in here. Uh, not unless you had fired at the same target as someone else. Yeah, um, so, uh, unfortunately, Panek, uh, your shot goes wide. I'm going to need to pick up some uh, combat stuff on my next milestone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then, uh, Matic, we finally come to you. Uh, what, you what are you doing for your action? Um... After taking the shot, he would have dropped the pattern enhancer. Uh, mm -hmm. As he leans against the pod, he's going to take aim and shoot the guy that shot him. Okay. So that's control security. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go ahead and spin my point of determination. Uh, no stranger to violence. Okay. So that's two successes off the bat. Alright, so you there's... get a momentum. Right. So yeah, go ahead and uh, go ahead and roll some damage. Alright. Uh... And I completely forgot to do a charge. Damn. Oh, well. I'll I'll let you do it if you want. Yeah, fuck it. Charge with vicious. Okay. Yeah. Then that is again enough to uh, stun the Ara militant. And uh, he, too, falls backward. Uh, not obviously as great as Shatsu's shot, but still noticeable. Oh, all we right. can't all be Shatsu. <laughs> all right. Uh, finally, uh, I think all that's left is this militant way over here to the southeast. And, uh, Panek, you're kind of right there, so you're the target. Thanks. Luckily for you, uh, this one can't aim for shit. I kind of duck my head down under, underneath the little bluff here. Okay. So, uh, if I remember combat rules correctly, um, the second round of combat, uh, the quote-unquote enemies get to go first. Uh, so the only two that are remaining, uh, I'm not going to double up from the same guy, but then this one up here... To the northwest will fire at Mirthrin this time. And also will miss completely. Alright, uh, we come yeah, back I... around to the players who would like to go yes. for the players. Misses completely as Mirthrin sort of <clears throat> sort of dive rolls past Maddox grabbing the pattern enhancer and going to set it up. Okay. Oh. Uh, I'm guessing you want to put it here? Right there. Okay. If I was on the right color. All right. And I would say that would put you at least there. A 
Yeah, and, and as he sets it up and it sort of attaches it and activates it, he hits his combat and goes, Mercer Mer Ophian, beam up. Okay. Um, I will say that uh, the beam up task at the moment will get everybody but Shatsu. So if you want to say keep the initiative by spending two I momentum. I would like to do that. Okay. Uh, if you want to spend the two momentum to get Shatsu into the uh, into the square, uh, as well as firing at one of the bird people, uh, if Shatsu so wishes. Oh yeah, Shatsu's going to withdraw while firing at. Uh... Can't remember which button does the. This one, I'm guessing. There we go. Yeah. She runs backwards. <laughs> yeah, you hit him. Vicious. <laughs> 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 <Whoa, laughs> Good God. I, at this point, I don't think we need to worry about uh, cleaning up as far as the prime directive's concerned because these guys are going to be too embarrassed to tell anyone what happened. Oh dear. All right, so yeah, Shatsu with another puff. Right in the cloaca. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right as you, uh, you again, cause another puff of feathers in a, in a distressed squawk, um, this is the time that uh, the last standing uh, Ara Militant will get a final shot off, and then we'll do the transporter roll. So, uh, Panek, you're again the prime target for this. Oh, yeah. dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Wow. Wow, that is, that is some stuff. All right. So, this many challenge die. Uh, I'm going to spend two threat here to make it uh, five damage. So, you will be injured unless you take a complication, give me two threat, or spend your determination. Looking at my values. Um, does loss, what about loss can motivate? Uh, I'm going to say no because nothing, you haven't lost anything yet. But like the memory of a past loss can motivate me to not be huh. damaged. Uh, sure, I'll allow it. If like damage less, at least you know, like I, I kind of like hold in there. Okay. Uh, so you will still take the five stress, but you are, uh, still up, quote unquote, from a uh, a mechanics perspective. All right. So for the beam up task that's next, uh, since uh, all of you, well, all the good engineers are down on the planet. Uh, actually, no. I think uh, I think Prague is still up there, isn't he? Yeah, Prague okay. is still up there. Uh, so if someone would care to roll, uh, Prague would be rolling a right. control plus engineering. Uh, the ship will assist with sensors plus engineering. Uh, the okay, overall man. difficulty, because you have pattern enhancers, is a two. I can roll was, it, was it control or reason, did you say? Uh, uh, control plus engineering. Is the Skull have it the advisor talent? Uh, he does not. Okay. Yeah, and he doesn't really have any applicable focuses, so just... And we're out of momentum, so just straight 2d20. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, Prag uh -oh. tries to run a, uh, obviously a standard beam-up process, but uh, after a moment he replies, something's wrong with the transporter buffers. Uh, give me another minute. And uh, during that extra minute, a another uh, Ara militant will kind of reveal himself uh, up here to the straight north. And this one is going to fire at uh, Quackenbush. Completely missing. And yeah, uh, Prag, if you'd like to roll again. Alrighty. Uh, nope, that's not the ship. This is the ship. Hey, you get the two successes you need, but let's see if the ship gives you momentum. Alright, it does not. So... In a shimmering blue light, uh, all of you in the away team, plus the pod, are beamed away to a cargo bay within the Ophion. And... Uh, as as... Oh, go ahead. As soon as we land, I want to hit my comm badge. Mm -hmm. uh, security personnel to cargo bay 2. Connect uh, to sick bay. You have three incoming uh, projectile yep. wounds. Uh, just one second, and most of them sort of Tap some things on his tricorder, and down on the planet, the three pattern enhances. Ah, yes, the Mirthrin maneuver. <laughs> I'll uh, kind of uh, walk over, and then I'll, I'll pick, put myself under, uh, put my arm under uh, Maddox's shoulder, and kind of uh, help him out out of the cargo bay towards the the sick bay. Okay, so I'll put us on sick bay. Uh, but this seems like a uh, a good point to take a uh, five to ten minute break. So, uh, right. yeah, be back in five to ten minutes, guys. Right over. And I am back. Welcome back. Thank you. Gives me time to put uh, relevant tokens on screen. Let's see. Where is... Matic? And... Shatsu. Where is Shatsu? There's Shatsu. So this is uh, again without uh, without spoiling anything. This is uh, 
Something got very interesting. You guys are a little bit ahead of where I thought you might be. Uh, it, 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 it helps that we aren't on syndication, so we don't have to have someone dramatically remain behind and get kidnapped by the Ara. <laughs> Indeed. Because if this was an episode of the show, you know that's exactly what would happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most definitely someone would get uh, their legs stuck or the pattern enhancers would like fluctuate and they'd get left behind. And, yeah. Or, or like someone would have to stay behind to actually grab the pattern and to actually blow up the pattern enhancers. And then before they can go to beam out, someone knocks them out and that breaks their comm badge. Yeah. Well, luckily, this is 2378. We don't have those problems. We've got the Mirthrin maneuver. Yeah, we we have in fact evolved beyond these more primitive forms of entertainment into collaborative storytelling. <laughs> oh. So I have a quick question that I didn't want to bring up in the middle of combat. Oh yeah, sure. What's up? Uh, page one seventy one, one seventy two. It talks about minor actions. Uh huh. Drawing an item is considered a minor action. Ah. So right, does so that... We would have had to do that to grab the patent enhancers. Yeah. Eh, it's not a huge deal. I uh, imagine, like, the security people would have had their faces up anyway. Right. So, I guess for next time, yeah, we gotta keep in mind that picking up, you know, drawing a weapon or item would be a, uh, a minor. Uh, but really, you know, kind of to peel back the screen a little bit, all that would have really done is add some more turns for more R to show up. So, you know. What if one is not a very good artist? Does it take longer to draw them? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't really have an answer for it. All right. Uh, well, I think I've heard from everybody but Beckett. Oh yeah, I'm I'm here. I've been here the whole time, just on mute. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, let's just get rid of the big BRB on screen and uh, let's let's do some more role playing. Uh, so yeah, um, Beckett, you of course are in sick bay when uh, Shatsu, Panek, and Matic all come in, sporting injuries. Shatsu and... would have remained behind in the cargo bay until security came first. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll say for sake of argument that security was <laughs> very quick to respond and she could have gone with them. Um, Mirthra might have had to talk her out of phasering her wound closed. <laughs> yeah, no, Sh Shatsu, Shatsu, when we're not in a combat situation anymore, there are medical staff on the way. <laughs> Fine. Don't, 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 don't make me get the spray bottle of water. Oh dear. All right, so the three of you uh, walk in, and probably about 30 seconds behind you is Captain Skull. I will, I will barge in and asking report. Oh, I'm sorry, you're still bleeding. Um, doctor, uh, Captain, I can't give you a report if you're 20 seconds behind the patient. You need to that, give me a minute or two and then make your grand entrance. As I'm was, like, as I'm helping one of them onto a bed, um, and I'll I'll page Vara to sick bay, uh, that, immediately. That was for, uh, Panek, but. I can wait. I'll uh, just go and sit in the office, get it being a little antsy. Uh, uh, it is. It is all right, Captain. Uh, I. I can. I can uh, give my report as I sit up on the bed. No. 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 Don't. Don't. Don't start talking. You need to be sedated. 
You you can't be giving reports right now. You are not well enough to give reports as I'm working on someone else. That is highly <laughs> unnecessary, Commander. Uh, Captain, they had a pod uh, uh, progenitor inside, possibly. Is this a mention pod? Sorry, stasis pod? Mm-hmm. Sorry, Captain, I failed. And the commander was shot. I've been shot oh. plenty of times. We both have, probably. I look over at Panic and smile. That's all right. The, the team is alive. Doesn't look like the wounds are anything larger than a major flesh wound. You did. You did well, Lieutenant. Um, do you want me to start making? Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to decide what uh, what to make it. it. He um... says his green blood continues to soak into Panic's uniform. Well, it says daring plus medicine is emergency medical intention of a patient who is in imminent danger of death. So it's not that dire. Uh, and, oh, and plus, I'm I wouldn't just... think that daring plus medicine would work in a hospital or a sick bay situation. Right. Uh, if I'm, I'd say insight or reason personally. Wait for what? Just basic medical. Let's uh, let's do uh, either control or uh, insight plus medicine and. Uh, you know, uh, we'll just do one global check instead of one for each of them. Uh, so the difficulty here will be a uh, a one. Okay. I'm just gonna say yes to focus because I'm sure I have one. Mm. Um, emergency medicine, trauma surgery, something along those lines. Yeah, you you have one. Yeah, you get the success you need. So yeah. Um, Luckily, uh, the abdomen wound on Matic missed most of the vital organs, and those that it kind of clipped, you can easily heal up. Uh, Panek uh, has, I guess you would call it vestigial wounds. I think that's the right word. Anyways, um, Panek will be fine. Just kind of, you know, seal up the wound, uh, kind of run a uh, bioregenerator over it, and Panek's right as rain. Uh, same thing with Shatsu and her shoulder. Okay. Um, uh, Panek, I recommend rest, and um, we'll check the wound later. Shatsu, same for you. Matic, I recommend whiskey, and we'll check the wound later. Question. Did the bullet go all the way through Shatsu's shoulder, or did it lodge in the bone? Uh, I'm going to say it got lodged in the bone, but being the, you know, 2378, I think that Beckett would be able to handle that. Yeah, there's probably a hyperspray that can just dissolve the bullet in situ and um, um, it out. Ba bind it into a non-toxic residue. Eh, I'd well, say... But, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't... Uh, especially hearing them say that it, it was solid slugs and me seeing, um, you know, GSWs instead of phaser burns or disruptor burns, mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely going to take it... Well, I'm going to take the bullets out of all of them hole if I can and uh, try to go over it'll give us another picture of what kind of technology they have if we find out what, what kind of metal they're using for bullets. Very good. Uh, we'll, well say you, you retrieve. That's one of the features of, that's one of the features of a medical arch isn't it? A microtransporter? Uh, I thought I saw that on Voyager once or twice. Yeah, no, that, that, does, that sounds about right. Yeah. 
Either way, the point being I, that... I mean, something to transport foreign <laughs> objects out of the body is absolutely something Federation medicine would have. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Anyways, the, the point is that you'd get at least one bullet out of these people, if not several. Okay. Oh, wait, oh, good grief. No, you're right. They, they, they actually, when they need to do caesareans in Star Trek, they don't do a caesarean. They just transport the baby out into the holding chamber. Mm-hmm. What? A doctor? You know what's her name? Naomi, the little kid on Voyager. Naomi Wildman, yeah. 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 Complications during birth, so they had to actually like transport her out of the womb into uh, medical pod, Yeah. Anyways, the good news is none of you are babies needing a cesarean section, so carry on. Uh, so doctor, there uh, I'm not in danger of losing my first office. Or anyone else? Well, I mean, not from this wound. I mean, from from his own inability to st- stop talking, maybe. But no, not from this wound. Very well. Uh, your report, Lieutenant Commander. Uh, hopping off the the, the, the um, medical bay, uh, bed, I uh, walk over to the captain. Uh, upon uh, upon approaching the pod, Captain, we uh, and then he kind of got his hand on his wound. Uh, we uh, set up a we set up a standard perimeter uh, following the protocol. Uh, the uh, salvage team detected uh, an energy signature that was maintaining the functions of a stasis pod. We detected one life form in, inside. Uh, however, upon our discovery, we were uh, ambushed by uh, the species that belonged to the northern hemisphere uh, using projectile weapons. Uh, we retreated back to the pod, set up the pirate enhancers, and uh, beamed back aboard the ship. Uh, upon upon their arrival, I ordered a security team to just come and secure the pod. It is currently waiting in cargo bay two. Very well. I suppose we all have to go and. Who's in this pod? Uh, it would seem, Captain, we are un- unable to avoid picking up strays. Well. I'm just going to do my best not to look at Shatsu and just uh, res- respond. That's what um, Starf- Starfleet acts as a mission of as a vehicle of mercy at times. And sometimes we pick up the oddest uh, being a, being a te- uh, missions of mercy tend to pick up the strangest of sorts. Let us go and see what you what uh, you have uh, brought aboard, shall we? Uh, before we leave, um, I'm going to turn to Beckett, mm-hmm. uh, Commander. Uh, after our uh, inquiry as to the life form is uh, concluded, I will be retiring to my quarters to enter a healing trance. Uh, however, if I have not um, if I have not exited the trance by o three hundred hours. Um, I would wish you. I would ask you to please come to my quarters because sometimes uh, the application of outside force is needed to uh, to uh, be is to be applied to bring someone out of a, a Vulcan healing trance. And as the chief medical officer, I don't think anyone is more qualified to apply this force. Uh, understood, XO. You're going for spiritual healing instead of actual medicine. And if yours doesn't work, come and smack you and wake you up. Understood, XO. Uh, it's quite grounded in, in, in biological science. 
uh, commander. But uh, thank you, and then I'll call the captain back out. All right. Miss Shatsu, okay. Mr. Matic, and Mr. Beckett, if you could come down and please and see what you can discern about our new guest. Uh, uh, of course, Captain, Captain. Real quick. Uh, yes, Matic. Uh, with the life form inside, I think it'd be imperative to scan it itself. Um, I don't know about y'all's worlds, but back on Earth, whenever there would be a new species, there, especially, this is potentially a progenitor, the P word I can never fucking pronounce. This is an ancestor of Xenixia and all these other insect things we're finding. Especially from a different galaxy. Who knows what diseases they could have. They could have the new version of Typhoid Fever. Agreed. We'll have to take per, uh, medical and security precautions before awaking him. I believe him, standard, standard protocol calls for a level 3 quarantine force field, Captain. I see you've read the wreck, the wrecks as well as I have. But you've probably memorized them more thoroughly. Very well. Make sure those are in place before we push the defrost button. Okay. So Chatsu will actually walk over to Becky before leaving. Um, can I have the bullet? Uh, uh, if you do not need it for further tests? Suspecting that I have more than one, uh, yeah. I'll absolutely uh, give shots of the bullet. Uh, it, it hurt me. I'm keeping it as trophy. <laughs> I have a detang for similar reasons and a spear from a Nausicaan. So it look great on my wall. Understood. So uh, one small point of order that uh, basically is me throwing you guys a bone. Um, of course, you can do all podly duties uh, in the cargo bay. Uh, however, uh, if you were to, say, bring the pod to main engineering, uh, you might have a better interface and or uh, better force field quality. And but you also might get a certain advantage to... for certain engineers being in engineering. Mm -hmm. but... but it's also closer to critical ship systems. This is true. This is true. true. We can also airlock it if it decides to be hostile. Also that. So what's all the right. call? Uh, cargo bay or main engineering? I mean, personally, I'm all for bay because of the additional security. It presents. Yeah, I don't um, want this thing waking up right where our main source of energy is. Okay. Question? Uh, yes. Could we scan it and open it up on the holodeck? A hollow version of it? Sure, yeah, you could do it in the holodeck. That would actually be better because as I'm scrambling to get a cargo bay map on screen, yeah, if you, if you guys chose the holodeck, that would, that would be much better. Alrighty. Alright, so... Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on to the holodeck, and I'll, I'll move some tokens around here. Uh, so who would be present for uh, this pod task? 
Uh, probably Mirthrin and Zenixia. Okay. Uh, let's grab Mirthrin. Definitely the captain. Okay. All right. Well, there's Zenixia. There's Mirthrin. Uh, Maddox would be. Okay. Maddox there. Uh, Parasecurity. Okay. I think Shatsu would be there rather than Locke yeah. for security purposes. Yeah. Okay. He's in the there already. Uh, All right. So, should we so, bring Krissa or Serana? I mean, probably not a Probably not at first. Yeah. Yeah. Neither of them have demonstrated proficiency with the ancient language. Do you have? Yeah. So I I don't know. Panek, are you there or not? Uh, yeah, I'll be there. Okay, we'll leave you here. Uh, that I think just leaves everybody but Beckett. Uh, um, Beckett, did I you want to think... send Vara or come yourself? Or well, I I would I would hate to have the entire complete and utter senior staff in one location with a possible uh, hostile creature. So sure, I'll be there too. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the captain? Uh, where is the captain? I thought I put his token down. There it is. He was on the I'm wrong I'm always layer. watching. Always. Alright, so. Uh, I think that's everyone. Um, and just quick point of order, as always, because I, I always say it, even though we have security there, Beckett is armed. Okay. Fair assumption. Medic is armed as well. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you more or less transfer the pod into one of the holodecks, and how would you like to approach it? Um, obviously, Zenixia has told you that, uh, you know, the, the pod is able to maintain itself for an unknown amount of time, but would you, say, have Zenixia try to meddle around? Would you try to interface it with the ship's systems? What's, what's the play here? Um, Mirthrin, how about we get a scan of its internals, make sure that this thing can even breathe the same air we can. I can definitely do that. All right. Um, Unless I would say... Beckett would be better for that. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Beckett, if you want to take the lead here, because you're the CMO, um, if, I think it, this would probably be a, uh, an insight plus medicine. Okay, okay. Um, difficulty here is going to be a three because the pod seems to have energy dampening or masking qualities. Um, can I you can I have the ship assist? Uh, or or would it be better to have um someone else nearby with a tricorder assist? I would say somebody in the room with you assisting. Okay. Um. Just so that way other people can be doing other things, um, I will ask Shatsu to uh, assist okay. with scanning. All right. So, uh, yeah, insight plus medicine from the both of you. Well, never, never mind. <laughs> well, maybe Shatsu will get you momentum. You never know. Nah, unfortunately, no momentum. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, obviously there's not a whole lot of atmosphere within the pod, um, but from what you're detecting, Beckett, uh, 
there's maybe a little bit more nitrogen uh, in the pod's atmosphere than there is, say, in whatever standard atmosphere is on a Starfleet vessel. But you're pretty sure they should be able to breathe what you're breathing. Okay, and is there any way of also detecting, um, being this is a um, like a life pod or a stasis pod, mm-hmm. what kind of um, nutrients it is feeding um, its occupant? Um, or or if it is at all? I mean, I mean it's twenty three seventy twenty three seventy eight. So I'm sure that like it can just osmosis stuff in. I mean, that was, I was thinking it was like the uh, the Voyager stasis pods when they have to go through the nebula and the only people that are up are Seven of Nine and the Doctor. Um, so that I think you could just leave people in stasis and, you know, they're just there fine until you need to wake them. Okay, sounds good. Um, and also, while I'm scanning, see if I can get like a, um, I don't know, like a, a, a rough picture of what the occupant looks like like body shape and size wise uh i would say that they are probably about as big as the pods so they're probably somewhere around two meters in height um but other than that you are detecting basic shape of a humanoid so two arms two legs Uh, you're also detecting what might be a tail you know I was just getting happy that that this thing was going to be roughly humanoid shaped, no extra appendages, no half uh, <laughs> bug or half something else, and then you have to go and throw a goddamn tail at me. Uh, but doctor, is it, me... is it exobiology like your special specialty? One would think that you would be jumping out the chance to study genetics in all of its myriad of forms. It would seem to me, Commander, that your disappointment comes from your inability to manage your expectations. <laughs> oh dear! All right, so that's what Beck—that's that's what Beck and Shatsu are doing. What what are the rest of you guys doing? I think Bertrand's probably like programming in, like I don't know, like thing holographic things to hold the pod in place and just basically generating a workstation. Okay. Um, The captain is standing around antsy. Not just because there's a potential progenitor in a pod, but he doesn't really like holodecks that much. Okay. Probably a story there. Yeah, there's there's a story there. There is a story there. There's a story. It's, a, it's actually my character's backstory, although it's classified. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm sure that will never come up. Yeah. I've given the GM, you know, a character to use to antagonize the captain, should he ever decide to, but... I find Q is easier <laughs> for that sort of thing, but, you know. Um, okay, so after you determine uh, that it is supposedly safe for the occupant if you put them in your atmosphere and after Mirthrin kind of finagles it so that the pod is at a we'll say like a 45 degree incline so it is kind of resting on a surface and uh, you also have an engineering type console uh, that is also kind of materialized and 
hooked up to whatever you might need engineering-wise. So how would you um, like to approach? Oh, go ahead. Matic will kind of pull the captain and Panek off to the side. Okay. Uh, in case this thing goes hostile, I could set up a couple holographic turrets with the safeties off. I would have it set to where it wouldn't target us, but, you know, precautionary measures. I believe we can adequately defend uh defend ourselves if necessary and the ship has internal security as well uh mr medic uh but it is the captain's call agreed um if this if this care if this individual was was a uh, frozen i'd like to believe it was done so for a reason and that this individual knew that it would be defro defrosted at some point hopefully the circumstances of, on its awakening is what it was hoping for. Uh, there mean, is an Earth term, Mr. Manic. I believe it is overkill. <laughs> I mean, Khan was frozen. Look how that ended up with Captain Kirk or Admiral Kirk. That is true. But I've always approached situations with optimism. Be yeah, Mithras of Turns. Beckett, can you give me your professional opinion that this is not a genetically augmented human in this pod? The answer is maybe. The, the answer is uh, possibly. Um, and Mithras sort of deflates and goes, you were supposed to say no. Um, it's roughly the same body makeup as a human as far as two arms, two legs. Um, or not human, but humanoid. Um, but it has a tail. What's wrong with that? Nothing. But he was asking me if I knew it was genetically augmented. It looks like a human, except it has a tail. A tail. So therefore, either it's a species that has a tail, or it's a genetically augmented human to have a tail. Whether or not it's opposable, I, I have no. So idea. bad at picking up what I put down. Oh my God! It's a furry. <laughs> Uh, no, excuse I, me, I... Lieutenant Shatsu's right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Cap Captain, that was highly offensive to Lieutenant Shatsu. I believe you owe her an apology. Mm. <laughs> I'm very sorry, I am very sorry, Shatsu. My... I have been lax in my diversity. Apology accepted. <laughs> Would I'm... innocent little Zenixia know what a furry is? <laughs> I think Probably she's using her yet. crowdsourcing. Yeah, she knows what it is. <laughs> oh yeah, it's well, and you know, well, I'd imagine she doesn't that. think it's that weird. I mean, yeah, I mean, mammals would like other mammals. That makes sense. Yeah, she's just kind of like, I, I don't see what the big deal is. Okay, let's move on from my fourth wall breaking episode. And... <laughs> if, I, I, I mumble something about, and they think I'm the one on the senior staff that's a xenophobe. <laughs> oh dear! Uh, All right, we got to be serious here. We got to be serious here for a little bit. Very well. Um, if everything is fully prepared, um, Merthyr and Beckett, let's thaw this thing. Let's thaw the creature out. So that is the question. Uh, do you use Inixia's knowledge to, uh, you know, just 
tap what you're hoping yep. are the right holographic glyphs. Yep. That like tries to send a, like bounce the signal back at it so it knows it's getting a response, that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, in that case, uh, what will happen is as uh, you tap the right glyphs, almost like every bad sci-fi film ever, there is a hiss and then this sort of fog starts to roll out of the pod as a seam uh, begins to reveal itself in the side of the pod and begins opening. And as it opens, uh, inside you see what appears to be a humanoid. Uh, to, I'll give you a handout in a second, but I want to describe her so you can get a mental image. Um, so it does appear to be a female. Um, she has digigrade legs. Um, so again, kind of walking on those uh, tips of the feet. Uh, she does have a tail that starts somewhere, you know, base of the spine, but it's kind of behind her at the moment. Um, her skin color seems to be white for the most part. And uh, it sort of tapers to a purple near the extremities. Uh, of course, she has two legs, two arms. Uh, she seems to be wearing a form of combat armor. Um, it is a black and white uh, set of armor that has sort of purple gems uh, in the gauntlets. Uh, she has, uh, I would say, Sona length white hair. Uh, so it kind of comes down to about her neck level. Uh, she has very tall, pointed ears uh, that shoot straight up from her head. And kind of on the back of her head, where you would think there'd just be more hair, there's this sort of, um, almost like uh, if you think of the Protoss, how their hair works. It's kind of a, a braid or a, a set of, um, I guess, organic strands that's not quite hair. Uh, there is a purplish kind of strand uh, that goes on the back of her head. And I can now show you this that is basically uh -huh. what she looks like very well um i'm a uh seeing that she's in armor i'm just going to motion everyone else back and have shatsu um head do her job and sort of interpose herself just in case okay um, sort of just wait for her to wait for the occupant. It would be, uh, it, ah, what's the word I'm looking? It would be rude of me. It would have. It would be rude of me just to think that it identifies as female just because it looks female. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll just wait for it to make a move and see what it does. All right. So unless anyone stops the process, uh, the occupant uh, eyes begin to flutter and uh, begins to move in the pod, and uh, its eyes snap open, and kind of just looks around at all of you with a appraising eye, uh, looks down at herself, then uh, begins to prop herself up, and she says, Je suis Sarva, qui vous And it's about this time somebody would realize the Universal Translator is stuck on French. Bonjour, comment ça va? Damn, gibberish. <laughs> uh, uh, she would reply, because I actually do know a little bit of French. Uh, she would reply, Comme si, comme ça, êtes-vous? Comme si, comme ça. Qu'est-ce que tout ça fait? It's about this time that the translator does catch up. 
and uh, she says, uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, and again, she looks at all of you and says, why do I get the sense I'm not in Kansas anymore? Is basically what the translator would get back. All right. I'll, since she's not immediately screaming death threats and lunging at us with weapons, I'm going to step forward. Greetings. I am Captain Barton Skull. You are on board the United Federation Planets vessel USS Ophian. Um, uh, your pod was found crash landed on a planet. Um, might we? Might I ask your name? Uh, I am Sparja. Sparja. Okay. We are new to this sector of space. Um, may I ask your species? One moment, I actually have to look this up because that's a different set of notes because I didn't think we'd get to hear this session. Uh, all right. Uh, Confound replies. you, Starfleet competence. <laughs> uh, she replies, uh, I am a member of the Frequa species. And I will, of course, put that in chat so you know what the hell it's spelled like. Uh, or Frequa. That's how I figured out how I'd spell it. Uh, Frequa. And I'll, I'll put that in mm. chat too. Frequa. The Fraiqua. Yes. Very well. Apologies to be blunt, um, but we we have been trying to unravel a rather ancient a mystery that is ancient by our standards. Are you are you part of the species that may have uh, built a lot of this technology that we've found in this sector of space? For example, I'm going to indicate Zenixia, the artificial ring world on which her species hails from. And uh, Zenixia will pipe up and says, oh, "It's we call it Axisis. Um, maybe, maybe you're familiar with it." And uh, Sparja kind of tilts her head to the side and thought and says, "I, I not really sure. Uh, tell me, uh, how many rotations has the galaxy undergone at this point? Basically, what uh, year is it?" Uh, let's see. It takes uh, a, sp a spiral galaxy roughly one billion. Uh, Earth years to, for a full rotation. Mm -hmm. It's now been roughly, uh, the Oracle said, 10,000 years or so. Mm -hmm. uh, so the galaxy has rotated roughly 0. 0.0001 rotations since you have uh, since we estimate your species uh, lived in this galaxy. Assuming you are, in fact, the species we think you are, Merchant pipes up. Mainly we're going on the glyphs and symbols that your pod uses. Uh, so she blinks a few times and kind of holds out uh, in front of her a, uh, a gauntlet. And uh, as you can have seen on the picture, there's that kind of purple gem in the gauntlet. And uh, she holds it so everyone can see. And then the gauntlet uh, begins to project a hollow image of the uh, progenitor's uh, glyph symbology. And she says, you mean these glyphs? Yes. Well, yes, they are. They are my people's glyphs. But if what you say is true, they are long gone to the other galaxy. This, this isn't so much. I guess we all sort of, of look at each other significantly. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a lot that we must discuss. Um, as you appear peaceful, 
Um, we can adjourn to somewhere a little more comfortable so that we can apprise you of the current uh, relationship or the current uh, situation within this part of the galaxy. Uh, Captain, I would recommend a security team uh, escort us. Agreed. Um, I'm, a, I'm going to assume that Chatsu's competent and had at least a couple extra security guards outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to the conference room, I suppose? Good as yes, I believe, I believe the conference room would be a perfect place. All right. uh, so Sparja uh, does uh, remove herself from the pod, and she's pretty tall. Uh, you know, uh, might be taller than some of you, but uh, as uh, she does leave the pod, she does very slowly, so it doesn't look like she's pulling it on you. She does kind of reach into a depression in the pod and pulls out a what you would think is either a replica or the real deal uh, of the same type of rifle you got from 8ML7. And she... Yeah, and of... I think Mothrin will actually bring that up. He'll go, ah, we have one of those. That, that's interesting. This is a standard Type 8 rifle. Interesting. We think we have a prototype of it sitting in our cargo hold. Well, um, she kind of looks at Shatsu, who has been indicated as the security personnel, and says, uh, would you, I, I guess I need to hand this off to you, unless you don't mind me carrying it. Shatsu nods and holds out her hand. And Sparja hands it over, no problem. Very well. Uh, thank you very much for your cooperation, Miss Sparja. Um, we... If you'll follow us, we shall take you to a conference room where we can exchange knowledge. Lead the way. Very well. I shall do so. And then all the way over here to the conference room. All right. So now we have to play the token game. So Beckett's there. Uh, While you're playing the token game, Mm -hmm. uh, Matic will kind of motion the captain to stay behind. Okay. All right. Just uh, real quick, Captain. What are the chances that her people are the ones who created the, you know, planet killers? Based on our understanding of what her species has done, it is most likely that her species deactivated and dumped the planet killers. If I would need to confirm with uh, Mr. Merthyn here, but I believe the Planet Killer's uh, technology is not uh, congruent with the what we have discovered of the progenitor ruins. Agreed. I mean, technology changes over time. It does. It could be that the Oracle, that this was one of the mistruths of the Oracle, and the species that these progenitors fought were themselves. And they decided that after the Civil War was fought, that the survivors were dismantled the weaponry. Perhaps Svarja may be able to shed some light on it. But there's also a chance that maybe the progenitor species isn't what Svarja is. Also a possibility. Because don't progenitor species typically make their subspecies look somewhat like them? She doesn't look very insect to me. 
it's oh right out of game you weren't around when we stumbled upon that thought um i do not our, believe this go ahead Ken. yeah um it's our under it's our belief we're operating under the belief now that the species that we're we're seeing is are are the species that were put it that were experienced collateral damage during this war uh this ancient war and the technology in place by the progenitors was used more to stabilize their populations rather than risking them going extinct um so on one if our hypothesis is accurate then she her species is um responsible for saving at least four maybe five uh civilizations in this sector of space however that also might mean that she is the greatest death threat the prime directive has ever seen uh, also this supposition of uh of uh repentance and general and um untoward generosity towards the other species cannot be applied to in individuals of a of a collective captain uh, uh could very well be uh, the antithesis of what her her culture was either way we're not going to learn any more standing around the, an empty holodeck sp uh, spouting general theories when we could be gathering data from the individual herself Indeed. come let's go the the group's getting ahead all right so uh, out of curiosity would Locke be brought in at this point I would you rather have Locke down in the holodeck getting the crap out of the pod I'd rather have Locke fixing these sensors once and for all. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Locke down at the pod might be useful. Okay, well, Locke. Yeah, Locke, Locke with Prague. Locke with Prague at the... Analyzed in the pod for the time being. Okay, so, yeah, you're still Shatsu then Locke, so you're still involved. Okay. Uh, I think I've got everyone. Is everybody present that um, was there? I think so. I think, um, yeah, as much a um, circle as, as much as people love hearing me talk to myself, I'd be a good person to bring in. Uh, Zareed? Contact and whatnot, yeah. Okay, yeah, she can, Even though she she can be here. Yes. Okay. Uh, any, any other crewmen you might want present? I think, oh, I think we're that's okay. It. Okay. So, uh... Again, to set the scene, you all arrive in the conference room, kind of take your seats. Uh, Sparja takes captain's right, Panek, you take captain's left, and uh, everybody else kind of settles in accordingly. And uh, Sparja just kind of looks expectantly at Captain Skull to uh, begin the scene. Miss um, Sparja, <clears throat> um, my, might I introduce the, my senior staff, Mr. my first officer, Mr. Panek, Chief of Engineering... Uh, Mr. Merthrin, um, engineer and uh, researcher, Lieutenant Commander Maddock, uh, Chief of Security, Ms. Shatsu, our doctor, Chief Medical Officer is Commander Beckett, and you've already met uh, Zenixia from the SLAW, and our diplomatic officer, uh, Zareed. Um, she, uh, she does not at everyone in turn. Um, I'm sure that the most burning question that we have is... Are you, is what, what role did you play within your species? And uh, uh, I think both of them is, I mean, my most, most burning question is how did you end up on that planet? Well, okay. How did, 
how did you what role did you play within your species which led to you somehow crash landing in a stasis pod on that planet uh, well uh, as you can probably gather by my dress and the fact that I had a rifle uh, I am a simple military military grunt of the Frequa, Uh as to how I may have arrived on whatever planet we might be in orbit of and she kind of looks out the window and yeah the, the planet's kind of in the background and she doesn't seem to know to you know recognize it she says uh it's not uncommon for Frequa uh, soldiers to uh, be put into stasis for long periods of time uh, as we journey between uh, great spaces. Uh, your, your guess is as good as mine as to how I arrived on uh, that planet. Okay. Hmm. Um, I'm going to bring up the, the holographic projector, do some tappity taps, mm -hmm. and I'm going to bring up a planet killer. Okay. And ask... Do you recognize these this object? So you don't even have to ask it to get her response. She visibly grimaces and she says, "Where did you find those?" Yeah, we uh, the first time or the second time. She looks it's... more distressed at hearing this and says, "Both." Roughly well, Oh, oh, sorry, uh, Captain. Roughly 200 years ago, one was one activated and found its way through a section of our galaxy causing a destruction of, on civilized worlds. Uh, a great sacrifice was made to stop it. Uh, we found several others apparently depowered. I'm going to pull up more tapty taps. Mm -hmm. On the other side of this gateway in another galaxy. She, uh, she looks at the gateway uh, says... All right, so you found that then. Uh, we always knew that would happen one day. But one escaped containment. This one 200 one years ago, is, is it still active? Where, where is it? No, it has been deactivated. Um, most, um, while not destroyed, it has been... Its power systems were removed, and it has been in, it has been in study within our space for the last 100 years. She, you know, she obviously does not we seem thrilled to hear yeah, this. Basically, we flew a ship into it, blew it up from the inside, and, well, I mean, uh, do you know a way to destroy that shell? Because we don't. I'm, I'm more concerned about the phrase, escaped containment. You make it sound like these are alive. In a sense, they are. Uh, maybe I should back up a bit, though. How much do you know about the war? Uh, we had a great space dragon tell us that there was a war about 10,000 years ago. That's... Uh, everything else has been supposition. Great space? Okay, maybe I'm not translating properly, but... It was a creature of great uh, omniscience that we ran into not too long ago. I'll have to take your word for it. Um, anyways, um, so... I don't know if you've encountered them yet. I, I, either they died out, or the the Frequa managed to completely eliminate them. I'm obviously, I don't have a clue as to either way, but 
Uh, we were in a war with the species known as the Zeridrix. And we fought across the cosmos. And she kind of motions at Zenixia. Many lesser species got caught in the crossfire. We, of course, did our best, but when the Zeridris uh, deployed their weapons that you call planet killers, uh, we were nearly wiped out ourselves. It was only a strike of genius from one of our best scientists that we developed a way to cripple and destroy these planet killers. And that spit of science really turned the war in our favor, and we were able to stop, uh, well, the destruction of half the galaxy. Well, Matic was the tell I'd say you succeeded. Yeah. Matic, you were saying? Matic was to tell she's full of shit. Uh, that would be a insight plus con. Uh, Mirthrin, if you want to do an insight plus medicine for your uh, Betazoid capabilities. Alright. Uh, difficulty here would be a 2. Alright, so Matic, she doesn't seem to give any like super obvious signs uh, that she may or may not be telling the truth. Uh, Mirthrin, uh, you're not getting a really a concrete emotion from her other than concern. <laughs> Which makes perfect sense. Hmm. <clears throat> Very well. Um, so we haven't found any hint that the Zeradrakes have survived the whatever end game your conflict, however your conflict ended. Nor have we found any any hint of where your species. Uh, had left, although you mentioned that they have may have left to the other galaxy, so perhaps we can find them if we cross through, uh, cross through the gateway. Um, <clears throat> on a similar topic, do you know anything about a group or an, a species that we call the Takan? Takan, Takan. Uh... Yeah, the uh, the red ones that uh, kind of have the the white hair and kind of uh, pretty short. They're like four feet four feet tall, and... and that's what our archaeological records indicate. We have we found one of their ruins early in our exploration of this area of space, and our journey will take us probably to another one if the icons are correct on the star chart. Sorry, give me one second. Uh, I may have to retcon how long she's been in stasis and how long the war's been, because I think... Yeah, the Takan were way long ago. Yeah. So for her being from the Fryqua, she's before that. So yeah, ah, that's that's okay. way more than 10,000 years. Oh, I, I always... I thought that the Fryqua were newer than the Takan. My bad. No, uh, no, 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 no. Um, okay. Yeah, that was my mistake. I think I got the dates mixed up. Uh, yeah, so the progenitors are older than the the than the Takan. Okay, so we're looking hundred thousand years instead of ten thousand ish. Yes. Maybe fifty. Okay, add in 
at a degree of 10. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question in character. Still not as old as the Forerunners, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Not, not as bad. Um, but to answer your question, uh, Sparja says, uh, the Takan were thankfully spared from our conflict. They were wise enough to keep their head down. Very well. I mean, aside... Oh, that's a bit of a unique perspective. I mean, we're used to looking at the Takan as this ancient galaxy-spanning empire. Yes. Well, every galaxy-spanning empire started out as a single planet of a single indigenous species. And some ambition. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what they'll make of the Federation in a hundred thousand years' time? Who knows? Right now, all I'm all I'm concerned about is how we're going to survive the next ten minutes, maybe next hundred years. That'd be nice. Anyways, um, you must have a lot of questions um, about the current state of the universe and the species that you're uh, that the Fryqua may have saved. Uh, you'll be happy to know that we've met three of them and have representatives from two of them on board. If you're interested in meeting them. So Nixia just kind of waves from the back, and uh, Sparja <laughs> does look in her direction, but doesn't doesn't really linger. And she says, um, "Again, I'm just a military grunt. It it wasn't my place to handle the uh, cradle uh, project. But since she's here, uh, obviously motioning at Zenixia, I can only assume that the cradle project was successful." What was your mission when you were put into stasis? Uh, my mission was to... Well, I, actually, I'm not sure. And uh, she taps at her gauntlet and uh, more glyphs come up. She says, uh, Well, according to my suit, uh, we were being deployed to a... I guess you would call it a backwater world to... Uh, rid of uh, the Zerd, or the Zerid, as I'm just going to call it. Um, and obviously something went wrong in the process. Uh, as a, even as a soldier in this army, uh, you would be aware of the uh, lines of engagement and the, and particular ports of, uh, of uh, interest for attack on either side, correct? That is more... I mean, I'm, I'm not high-ranking, but I do know the major points, yes. Well, then I would like uh, us to get together sometime later to uh, have you overlay what you know onto the sector map we have of this area so that uh, we could perhaps begin developing a, uh, a grid that we could place... Uh, possible ruins on top of uh we one of uh we must not let uh the more technology from this conflict fall into the hands of species uh, that uh could use it for ill well uh it is uh part of my duty as a fraqua soldier that uh those not affected by the cradle project should well to put it bluntly we should make sure that the technology does not fall into the wrong hands, so our goals do seem to be in alignment. 
could you do you know the locations of the Fryqua or the uh, Zerdrix homeworlds? We could find out what remains of them. Uh, yes. Uh, and obviously, I'm going to have to generate a map for you guys out of character. But yeah. uh, the important uh, bit of information here that she will share. I just have to check one thing before I say this. Where's my lovely star chart? There it is. Um, if I have my maps correctly, uh, she would then indicate that near the edge of the Breen Confederacy is where the Zeradrix come from. Is that the light That's purple it. icon that we're heading towards? Uh, let me pull up that map. Uh, Sabine Expanse with symbols. Where are you? There you are. Uh, no, this would be further north, uh, somewhere within, uh, the C column, uh, probably right at the crux of the Breen symbol, kind of in the middle where it curves. Right in the middle of their space. This isn't going to generate a diplomatic incident at all. Indeed. We don't know if any other planet survived. Well, we'll worry about that. We'll, uh, mark that as a location to go to after this most likely to con. I mean, is there a chance that the brain have simply renamed themselves to the brain? Or that they're a descendant of the these guys? Oh, you mean sort of like the Romulans? Sure. Oh, I mean, we, we, we know so little about the brain. Exactly. It's difficult to know for sure. Pull up image of brain. Uh... This seem familiar at all to you, Svarja? She takes a very long and critical stare at this, and she says, "I mean, I can see some similarities in design, but do, do you perhaps have an, an image of them without this suit?" <laughs> no, no. no, I'm afraid but, not. They're they're a very secretive race. No one has ever seen a Breen outside of their armor. Um, would it be possible that I have an image of him? Run me through your line of thinking. Being um, a doctor mostly on the front lines through most of the Dominion War, mm-hmm. especially the end with... Uh, once the brain got involved, mm-hmm. um, it's not wasn't uncommon for Starfleet to grab any survivors found during with uh, wreckage of ships or anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. And being overly ambitious in my xenobiology, not xenophobia, xenobiology, um, of having a survivor and wanting to take a look. Hmm. I mean, um, I'm going to break. Oh, I'm going to break canon for the moment. And what what they've done in beta is, uh, beta canon is the whole concept of the brain suit is it's the ultimate equalizer in a society of uh, a multi-species society. Um, so the brain confederacy is made up of many different races and species. But the whole reason that they wear the suit in beta canon is so that an indi- 
an individual is promoted purely on merit. So there's no species preference, there's no uh, gender preference. And so take that well, as you a, will. That's a creative idea. Yeah, you know what? Uh, let's let's run with that. Let's run with that bit of beta canon. So yeah, um, I would say in that case, uh, Beckett, you would have an image of a uh, Breen, but it not it might not be the Breen. Fair enough. Um, after uh, Maddox says what he says, I'll start typing on a pad, mm-hmm. and then I'll send it to the same viewer. And it'll be, um, taking a little creative license here, it'll be an image of a, <laughs> kind of like a 50s alien on a, on a sterile table type look, or on a, a med bay bed, mm-hmm. um, of, or, uh, let's say a video of Beckett taking the helmet off, mm-hmm. um, Obviously in a suit, because I think the other thing about the Breen, too, is they live in a very chemical world, or they have to have a certain chemical around them at all times. They need cold. Yeah, I think it's because they're super cold, like more than even Andorians. So Beckett would be in a full um, bio suit while doing this, Um, and the video will show him take the helmet off and then, uh, or take the suit off and then show the body underneath. So Sparja does kind of bite her lip and she nods affirmatively. Yeah. Oh. And then I'm... I will glance at Locke and Matic and tell them both, don't ask. And then I'll remove the image from the screen mm-hmm. and I'll also send through the pad to effectively delete the image from that view screen's memory. Okay. Well, I guess the next, at this point, the next major port of call is do we try sending a message to your people? Well, if it's been as long as you say, uh, you know, I'm I'm no optimist. Uh, I like to think of myself as a realist. If my people did survive this long, they likely are no longer like myself. Um, I'll send you a PM on Discord. Okay. This. There should. It's it's obvious that you have a lot to take in and learn over the next few days, uh, Miss Sarja. And we certainly want to make your stay as comfortable as possible. Um, our the federal our our computer library system is at your disposal. Of course, there will be no confidential information of course and I'm sure that the engineers and the our cultural observers would have many questions for you but and I'm sure that you have while you have slept for a hundred thousand years or so you probably will need some rest and relaxation to come to terms with the new your new present um, Mr. Panek if you could please uh, see some guest quarters uh, set up and assigned. Well, I will make it so. Thank you kindly. And um, Zareed and Zenixia can show you about show you about the ship, and answer whatever questions you may have. We will need to keep your rifle, 
but we can guarantee your safety while you're on the ship. Of course. Um, oh, sorry. I completely forgot about this one. And uh, she taps her gauntlet and like half of it pops off and it springs into like this batleth style weapon where it's all blades and there's it's, a lot, it's really spiky. And she kind of holds it awkwardly to Shatsu and says, sorry, I forgot about this one. I'm sure you did. Please endeavor to remember any others you have. Okay, I've got to make those standard issue. (laughs) (laughs) If no one else has anything, um, I have a very interesting report to write to Starfleet Command. It's been an interesting kind of month. Indeed. Um... You are all dismissed. Um, I'm, I'm just going to make a bit of a look at Beckett and Maddox and go, I'm just, I mutter to myself, I'll deal with that later. And just, I'm going to stand up and head out. Okay. So, uh... I'd, I'd imagine as we file out, sort of, like, we, we have Svarja in shot and then it pans out to reveal, at some point or other, Zenixia ended up right next to her. <laughs> Yeah, Zenixia, the eager puppy of the party. Uh, so I did want to do she one very neat progenitor. This is probably best thing that's happened to her in decades. Oh yeah, Zenixia is fully believing that coming on your ship was like the best choice of her freaking life. Um, but one quick scene I did want to have take place as you all filter out because you do have to kind of go through the bridge. Um, <laughs> on your way out to various places. So as you step onto the bridge, um, Sona, who is, I think, the ranking officer, uh, says, uh, uh, yeah. Sir, we're detecting a transmission from the planet. It's not directed at us, but it is kind of on wideband, all frequencies and all directions. All right, let's hear it. All right, and uh, the message plays over the loudspeakers, and it says, To the alien vessel that stole from us, we will not forget this. I think that's a. I think that's our cue to leave. Um, I would agree, Captain. Uh, let's. Uh, no, I don't want to leave anything behind. We'll make a note in the log for cultural observer teams to drop by this sector of space every few years to ensure that just to see what happens with the species. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, let's head to our next port of call. Uh, let's head out warp five. All right. So the oh, this is gonna create so much prime directive paperwork. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so they the very uh, did it did it come from the northern or the southern hemisphere? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, we'll say it came from the northern. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, all they have is probably some grainy video and a bunch of unconscious bird people. <laughs> at best, this is cre. At best, what what this does is it will foster a new era of communication between the two obviously different species, which will lead to them sharing tech, sociological and technological uh, prowess. And their desire to hunt us down will drive them into the into the perils of the into the warp uh, to find <laughs> well, us. At worst, this has just created um, the new uh, conspiracy uh, theorists on planet. So. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Honestly, I prefer the conspiracy version. That first one, that made my head hurt. 
<laughs> well, we probably have at least 200 years before they even get to warp 2. Assuming they haven't nuked each other out of existence by then. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, of... on the plus side, at least they're not blaming the South. That is true. Could we send an apology note? <laughs> no. Fruit basket? No. Um, can we send a come at me, bro? <laughs> Why am I the one protecting the Prime Directive? I thought the uh, captains were the ones that were supposed to advocate its uh, abolition and the times when it was okay to break it. So, so not to cut the, the discussion short, but that is kind of the final kind of question as the camera kind of pans back and we see an external shot of the Ophion jumping to work. And uh, yeah, that's where we're going to end the session this week. Uh, so players, of course, stick around. But to anyone watching on YouTube or Twitch... Thank you for watching. Thank you for the couple of follows we got during the stream. Uh, and I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Uh,